0: They good black don't crack, they're not wrong, That's your secret. But if
1: we think that to look better is to certainly get a better spirit in our heart and uh, to work every day to become a better wife, a better mother, a better friend, better sister, then those values and attributes alone will make us more beautiful than we are now.
2: Fear it, own it! Take a
3: minute and know that you are this power! Our children to claim their
4: destiny.
5: <laughs> I say it's in the reach of my arm, the span of my hips, the stride of my step, the curl of my lips. I'm a woman. Phenomenal.
6: How can that girl be the best anything when a cat woman is around?
7: You know exactly who I am and what I'm capable of.
8: Just like I know exactly what you are.
9: Evening. You are on the wake up radio. This show is called divine femininity. I am one of your many hosts, Leticia. And we also have Empress Monica, Empress Angie and Empress Maxine joining us. And that doesn't mean we'll we won't have others joining us soon because you know, sometimes we just on that on that melanated time, right? So (laughs) this is always a joy to see you, ladies. I'm glad to be in your presence. Um, I want to let everyone know you can check us out on the WakeUpRadio.com, OTWTube.com. Catch replays on SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. But please do. Uh, mm-hmm. Sign up with otwtube.com and listen to our live radio at onthewakeupradio.com. If you'd like to join our conversation, you must be 18 or older. Call in to 844 818 4433. And, ladies, as usual, uh, please just go around and have, take a minute to introduce yourselves and how we can reach you on your handles.
10: Hi, I'm Angie. You can find me on IG, um, Thoughts of a Light-Skinned Woman.
7: Hello, good evening, all. Uh, My name is Maxine, and my IG handle is Ministry and Wellness. And you can also find me on Facebook, also at Ministry and Wellness.
1: Peace Queens, my name is Monica, and you can find me on IG at Brooklyn Queen uh, 125. And from there, you can hit my
9: link tree. For Clint Queen 125. That's what's up. Empress Jackie, if you want to take a moment just to introduce yourself and any handles you'd like to add, uh, advise of our listeners to, to reach you
11: at. Yes, Queen. Good evening, sisters. Um, I am Jackie Q, and I can be contacted at Joni Products underscore. Um, I'm sorry, (laughs) IG. This is my IG account. It's uh, Joni Products underscore um, LLC and Mistress Anju underscore LLC on IG. Um, I do sell um, uh, skin, hair, and wellness products. I'm sorry, my voice is a little... Uh, Gone, (laughs) but my daughter is already is also an artist, so those are my two handles um, on IG. Thank you.
9: Um, Awesome, it's great to see you. Awesome,
11: thank you. Great to be here with you, ladies. So
9: our our show today is called "What Is the Meaning of Life." We have some hot hot topics today, as you well know. We've kind of been behind the scenes discussing some things um as sisters so um our first topic is going to be over a gay community message from the gay community so let's hear what they have to say
8: as we celebrate pride on the progress we've made over these past years there's still work to be done so to those of you out there who are still working against equal rights we have a message for you You think we're sinful You fight against our rights You say we all lead lives you can't respect But you're just frightened You think that we'll corrupt your kids If our agenda goes unchecked Funny, just this once You're correct We'll convert your children Bit by bit, quietly and subtly, and you will barely notice it. You can keep him from disco, warn about San Francisco, make him wear pleated pants, we don't care. We'll convert your children, we'll make them tolerant and fair. At first, I didn't get why you'd be so scared of us turning your children into accepting, caring people, but. I see now why you have a problem. Just like you worried, they'll change their group of friends. You won't approve of where they go at night to protest. Oh, and you'll be disgusted. when they start finding things online that you've kept far from their sight. Like information. Guess what? You'll You'll still still be be alright. We'll convert your children, yes we will Reaching one and all, there's really no escaping it Cause even grandma likes RuPaul And the world's getting kinder Gen Z's gayer than Grindr Learn to love, learn to vogue, face your face will convert your children. Someone's gotta teach them not to hate. We're coming for them. We're coming for your children. We're coming for them. We're coming for them. we We're coming for them. We're coming for them. Your children will care about fairness and justice for others. Your children will work to convert all their sisters and brothers. Then soon they're almost certain your kids will start converting to the gay agenda is coming home. The gay agenda is here. But you don't have to worry. worry. Because there's nothing wrong with standing by your side. Get up for it and hurry. Because the world always (laughs) needs a bit more pride. Don't don't worry. Because there's nothing wrong with standing by your side. Get up for it and hurry. Because the world always needs a bit more pride. Come on, try us and we We'll convert your children Then we'll turn to you Giving up the parents I It's freeing like you never knew Go and see San Francisco Go and turn up that disco You'll forget you were ever upset We'll convert your children And make an ally of the
9: I can't. Mm-hmm.
8: If, if there was
9: ever an agenda, like for real, they say there's not an agenda, but they do this. Like, you're obviously focused on our children. So, I mean, it's just blatantly obvious. I just don't understand what the need for children to know about sexuality. Why is that so important? Why are we pressing our children to know this information? Why do they need to know about gay relations or even having sex period? Like what, what is, what constitutes that? So it's, it's just, I'm, I'm disgusted in my opinion. I know uh, y'all have everyone else has their own opinion so please share if i can start um i remember as a kid
1: uh going to a community center and i had a math tutor right he was a male and a great tutor um next summer he was a woman nobody made a big deal about it um yeah. i'm not sure and again at that young age i don't know if he did the whole change or if he was just cross gesturing or if he was just a drag queen, I don't know, but you know, it was never, he wasn't blatant in your face with it. Okay. And again, as a kid, I saw the difference, but that was his life. He was an adult. So, and another thing that makes me sick about it is like they're always trying to equate their struggle with ours. When mm-hmm. did you not have equal rights, for real? Like, half of the people that's gay at my job, nobody knew they were gay unless they told someone. So, yeah, uh, this right here, very unnecessary. <laughs> it's very unnecessary, especially with their choice of... It, it, uh, mm-hmm. I'm just to say, it sounds right, downright pedophilic to me. So, that's how I feel about it. And I've had gay friends, gay classmates, you know, theater class, all that. Nobody cares. That was what they chose. That, that you know, that's what they chose. So again, this is very unnecessary. Um, yeah, I'll I'll use my time.
10: I wanted to say was before I noticed that before technology. Sometimes I hear that static. Um, before technology ever came into the picture, um, I knew that I already that I like girls, you know, there was no, nothing like now of, of me ever feeling like, you know, the things that they're showing now push me to ever like girls. But I feel like now with the things I'm seeing, it's a little bit kind of like, I feel like people should have that choice if that's something that they feel comfortable. And if that's something that's them, that they should be able to, you know, because I feel like I'm, I'm listening to, to this. I'm listening to the song and I'm like, is this a joke? <laughs> because I keep hearing the word converting and I'm like, no, there's no converting. Either this is something you are or you're not. It's not about changing people and saying, hey, come over to this side because if that's not what people are into, there is no converting anybody. I feel there should be something where maybe something on 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 online and on TV where they tell people like, hey, you know, this is a safe space. If you know, if you're not feeling comfortable to come up to your family or somebody, you know, here's something that you can call, or if you just want to talk to someone, something like that. But not to use the word converting because that just makes it sound like do they want to turn the whole world um, into the LGBT community? Because that's not. I don't. I don't know. Maybe they should have used a different word. But I understand what they're trying to say. But still, not the word converting. I just feel like it should be more of, you know because times have changed. If you want to come out and if you want to, you know, express yourself, then that should be it, but not the word converting.
8: Um, Great point.
11: um, This is Jackie. Let me, I just want to just, excuse me, chime in as best I can with this voice. (laughs) My apologies. I posted earlier uh, a few days ago that I was in the supermarket and I, I took the picture of, the Kellogg cereal box um, that supports the LGBTQ community. And my question was, um, you know, I never saw a mommy and daddy and their sexual preferences posted on any of my cereal boxes when I was young. So love is love. We all know that love comes in an array of different uh, colors, shades, preferences. Love is love. We know that a son can love his father, a father can love his son, a father um, can love his grandsons, um, brothers, men love men, women love women. That's the universal language. When we are talking specifically about the LGBTQ com- community, it has nothing to do with love. It has to do with preference and who you want to be intimately in love with there's a difference so if you don't see it posted on cereal boxes with mommies and daddies because i've never seen it before men and women i've never seen it before then why is it a must to post it um or even to market to our children um the support of the lgbtq community not that i'm opposed because I'm open-minded. I love all. But I do know that I never wanted to have a conversation with any of my young children about sex until I thought that they were age appropriate. The same way I did not give consent in the elementary schools to teach my children about sex, I wanted that to come from me. Now it's becoming a community and global effort to teach our children about intimacy and who we prefer to be intimate with. And I, I'm, I'm disgusted by that video that I just saw, but and I have to be honest. I have daughters that are curious. I have daughters that may have made their own choices and I love them still. I don't love them any less, whether they want to love a man or whether they want to love a woman, it doesn't matter to me. But I think parents should have the option of teaching their children when they feel that their children are um, mature and um, emotionally ready to have that conversation. And I digress.
9: That's peace. Thank you for that. Um, The wheels are still. Cindy, Ashby. Shout out. What's the word, Empress?
12: Basically, for me, right, I, I don't really, you know, whatever your perversion, whatever your whatever you do in your bedroom is your fucking business. Now, when I'm reading articles about they want to teach first graders to do a fucking circle jerk on how to masturbate, that's a problem. I'm a
4: public school teacher, and I fear this controversial framework will jeopardize thousands of teachers' jobs. I teach in a district that is decreasing in enrollment. This framework could cause an exodus out of public education. I have shown my educational peers the book, Who Are You?, which says kids can be both genders using the pronoun they, them, or theirs, or neither gender. Teachers are shocked and appalled when they see and hear this. They are also afraid. They are afraid that they may be forced to teach concepts that go against their conscience because they believe these concepts are harmful to children. They are afraid that if they refuse to use non-binary, neutral pronouns suggested in the framework, such as they, them, or theirs, they could be accused of discrimination and lose their jobs. Reject the framework will save teachers' jobs. Thank you.
13: Mother of three, I'll just get straight to the point. I don't think any single one of you is fit to have any say in a child. You should not have, have any contact with a child. Why? Child pornography. Can you show them, please? Child pornography, adult pornography. You think it's fit to teach our children um, fisting, where you insert your fist in somebody's anus or vagina. You think body fluid and blood play. Some people enjoy any number of body fluids, sexually ejaculate, vaginal fluids, menses, which is periods, urine, or blood. They may simply enjoy tasting, feeling, or smelling them during sexual activities. Maybe you guys want to do that but not with our kids. You think it's funny? We don't think it's funny. We have a whole group of parents out here that say it's not funny. And that's why you're even talking about removing these books. But the fact that you even decided to have these books and think it was okay for our kids, that's not okay. We reject the California Time.
14: The Healthy Education Framework is a document of indoctrination into sexual education, not education. At a time where California schools, K 12 or K through 12, are ranked in the lowest in our nation in reading, writing, math, and science, we're gonna be the leaders in sexual education. We failed our children in educating them to read and write. We need to do that first. The Institutional Quality Commission failed to address thousands of parents' concerns about the framework, about the material in the framework, about the content. They just omitted it. But yet they accepted a lot of the LGBT comments. Please do not be a party to committing to our students to failure, to sexual indoctrination, and to promoting healthy choices. Time.
15: Right? And, and I have a seven-year-old child Um, The paper that you received is a book that was recommended for removal, it's called Changing You, but this book, it's not the stork, was not recommended for removal. This um, shows a picture of a man and a woman on top of each other, and it says, the man and the woman get so close to each other that the man's penis goes inside a woman's vagina. Why does my eight-year-old need to know that? She does not need to know that, especially from school. Here, it shows a girl checking out her own genitals. This is pornography. I do not approve of this. My daughter does not need to see cartoon pornography. Here is another picture of a boy checking out his parts. It shows um, an uncircumcised penis and a circumcised penis. This is not okay. My children should not have to be subject to these kind of materials in school. I can discuss things with my children when they're ready. And as I feel that as a
16: parent, that is my right. Sex should be time. I'm here today as a parent and uh, just wanted to share with you, I'm glad you are taking this book by Heather Karina, and you're recommending that that come out of the framework. You have a piece of paper here that I've provided. Um, on chapter six of the framework, it went into BDSM. It goes into other topics like sex toys, blo- body fluid, or blood play. And a whole slew of other topics, and this is not uh, something that encourages professionalism among our students. I would also say when Planned Parenthood came into my high school health class, they introduced themselves and they said, if you haven't had sex yet, you will while you're in high school. And I don't think that belongs in our schools. I had a very negative impression when they came into my high school freshman health class. and. I would hope they wouldn't be so heavily involved at this California Department of Education because the message that they gave me was a disservice. Importantly, I'm a mother of a five-year-old and a seven-year-old daughter. And I just come humbly asking you to please just consider to leave so many of these issues that, so many of these issues, my son and daughter, they just wanna play. They don't know, they don't know and understand. They don't even have the comprehension to even understand so many of the things that are going to be presented into the kindergarten level. I mean, I know my son and daughter. I know high school students. I know middle school students because I've taught and counseled so many of them in the United States as well as in London. And kids are kids. We're all over the world in the United States. They just want to play and just let their innocence stay. I just come humbly asking you to... Honestly, just reject the framework and just leave. Let us parents be parents to so teach our own children about kindness and respect Time. everybody. Thank you.
4: A teacher of 32 years, former debate coach. I fought Common Core, but you were too powerful. Plus, we had the race to the top monies. I tried to stop the data mining, but with ESSA and MTSS now, there's just too much money to be made in education. I'm trying now to stop Castle and the framework that it has of the victim-oppressor philosophy. But that's their agenda, and that's intersectionality for us, and now we have the framework. What more can I say? I know you're probably going to adopt this, and nothing I can say will stop you. But I can tell you with the agenda that you have, the power that you have, and the money that you have, the only thing that is going to stop you is the power of the voting public. And if that won't stop, we still have one trump card, trump card, our children.
7: I'm a parent, a grandparent, and a school library media assistant in Montebello Unified, which is in LA County. Um, I was school age in the 1960s. I thought God made a mistake. I thought I was supposed to be a boy. Why did I think that? Because I like doing yard work. I liked that push mower. You pushed it and brought it back and it would spin. And it was, of, to me, it was a, a great technology for that age. And so I be, uh, based on that, I thought I should have been a boy. But under this framework, I would be encouraged to take hormones, which are known to cause infertility. I would not be able to be the mother of five wonderful children and four awesome grandchildren, whom bring such
17: joy to my life. Please listen to this verse, Time. I'd like to address the framework, chapter 4, grades 4 to 6, page 62. The topic of masturbation is introduced. This topic is not appropriate nor necessary to teach at school. Page 78, Um, again, grades 4 through 6, teaching children online resources to learn about gender transitioning. These are 9 to 11-year-olds. Chapter 5, grades 7 and 8, page 33, talks about barrier method demonstration using condoms and dental dams, showing examples, and then students' practice on a penis model. It discusses the uses of dental dams for anal or oral sex. This framework is indoctrinating and normalizing sexual behavior beginning in TK. You are sexualizing minors. The recommended books, which, thank you, that they
18: are. I wanted to say that this framework, I'm asking you to not adopt it, that this is early sexualization of our kids and is bad policy. It's a state-sanctioned exploitation of our children, and it's about marginalizing people. Or we're not trying to, but it's just uh, defending and, and trying to get rid of this bad policy that you have. You guys keep mentioning how this is for everyone and that this is what all students need to hear. But I'm not understanding why, whether it be LGBT or any other um, group, would need to hear—excuse <clears throat> me—need to hear about masturbation. And I, I'm looking right here at a recommendation that Planned Parenthood made and you accepted, saying masturbation should be included in the curriculum to be addressed in a straightforward manner, instead of waiting for the possibility of mastru- masturbation being brought up by a student. And so I'm, I'm asking you. Why is this a healthy subject for you to bring up to a student? What makes this framework so wonderful that you need time?
19: I have a PhD in clinical psychology. I've done gay affirmative and gay corrective therapy for over 25 years. And I can tell you, the only people who support this are people in the gay community and trans community. All your other medical experts and everybody outside that field do not support this. For example, Michelle Crotera, president of the American College of Pediatrics, Whole, whole, wholeheartedly against the sex ed and social-emotional framework program. She states as one of the top experts in the country, institutions that promote gender transition affirmations are engaging in nothing less than institutional child abuse that can inflict untold psychological damage on children. Paul McHugh, distinguished uh, Chief of Psychiatry at John Hopkins University School of Medicine says, transgender is a psychosocial problem and not a biological problem. It is a mm-hmm. mental illness that needs to be treated as such And you're not born in the wrong body. And there are tons of transgender people that say, I got screwed over by all these institutions that supported this instead of helping me straighten this stuff out. The curriculum. I
20: got time.
12: Yeah. I'm going to put that in here. Y'all going to be disgusted when you want to teach kids. Oh yeah. You know, that's something you do. I I don't know how y'all grew up with you. Birds and the bees. But when you felt comfortable and, and a lot of parents don't really talk about certain things. So I'm a bit of an on, unorthodox kind of parent. Uh, when they kind of reach to being a teenager, my, chil- my children, I go, you know, back then it was about being pregnant. Well, I tell you, there's worse things than being pregnant. OK. And so <laughs> there are STDs, there's AIDS, HIV. There's a bunch of shit. So one of the things I would do is I would go get a book. And show them with genital warts. What's that? Well, this is what happens. And that's how I would teach. But I do not expect Blue's Clues to do a fucking uh, flower dot or fucking herpes or warts and and, do you get what I'm saying?
6: Pass it, Squeaks. Whoa, watch it. You almost hit me in the (laughs) (laughs) pee-pee. What's so funny, you two? He said (laughs) pee-pee. Do you notice that when you say pee-pee, you giggle, but when you say penis, you say it in a serious voice? I never noticed that before. Some children and adults feel uncomfortable when they talk about their private parts, so they make up cute or funny names for them. What's one for a girl's private parts? J <laughs> But what does Scoops mean when he says vajayjay? He means vulva. That's right, Kayla. It's important to use the proper words for our private parts. Why? Because our private parts are just as amazing as our hearts, lungs, brains, or any other of our amazing body parts. But our hearts pump blood, our lungs breathe, and our brains think.
15: All our private parts do is
6: pee! That's not entirely true, Scoops. It is true that a person pees or urinates through a hole called the urethra in the penis. Does everyone have a urethra? They do. It can be harder to see, but girls have a tiny hole in the front of the vulva where urine comes out from their urethra. Urination is actually very important. It helps us get rid of waste, stuff our body doesn't need. Hey, how come my penis gets big sometimes and points up in the air? That's called an erection. Sometimes I touch my penis because it feels good. Sometimes when I'm in my bath or when mom puts me to bed, I like to touch my vulva too. You have a clitoris there, Kayla, that probably feels good to touch the same way Keith's penis feels good when he touches it. But have you ever noticed that older kids and grown-ups don't touch their private parts in public? Hmm, they don't? That's right, Keith. It's okay to touch yourself and see how different body parts feel, but it's best to only do it in private. Well, if private parts are so special, why do you cover them up? Because they are private, silly. That's right, Kayla. Because they are private. Hey, Squeaks, pass it. Wait. Okay, I'm ready. This is like they're trying
12: to to, to to pass the mother and father off from saying anything. And now when your, your children come to you, as a parent, you have to be ready. And I think it's very rude. I think it's very rude for someone else because they, that's what they have friends for. I don't know if y'all remember when y'all was y- younger and somebody said, you had sex? And it was like, yeah. Well, you know how you get rich? You can't get pregnant. You got to jump up and down. That was some dumb shit that was said to us. And we believed it. <laughs> yeah. You know? We you did. That your friends are what's going on. But now, to have the TV, the news, the government, and I understand we cat cattle, all that shit. But there comes a point where we are the citizens. We are the taxpayers. How fucking dare you now try to tell my child, oh, this is how you suck a dick. This is how you eat pussy. No, 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 no. We're not. And that's the thing. I think people forget the power we have. If we need to turn this into Marie Antoinette and go down there and start torches and forks and chopping off fucking heads, they'll be like, okay, yeah, no sexual shit. Because for me, that's it. I think it's disgusting because that is one bar away from the pedophile going, oh, now we can fuck your kids. Okay. Then what? what people, I understand love is love, but would you love a 50-year-old man on a two-year-old? You'd be fucking disgusted. The fact that they go, we need permission to change your kid's pamper. How young
4: are some of the children you talk to? Uh, we work from children from three years old. We work with parents from birth. From birth? Yeah, yeah just about how to set up a culture of consent in their home. So, I'm going to change your nappy now. Is that okay? Of course the baby's not going to respond. Yes, Mum, that's awesome. I'd love to have my nappy changed. But if you leave a space and wait for body language and wait to make eye contact, then you're letting that child know... That their response matters. How do you
12: get a permission to change your kid's pamper? If it's it's poop and piss, right? Oh, that's what mothers do, right? Mothers and fathers, we change the pamper. Oh, we're trying to see. And that was actually in the news. It's so backwards. Instead I of worrying, that. About worrying about human rights and being uh having equity and treating people with respect, we're worried about what this little kid needs to know sexually
21: everything i've seen and heard makes me convinced that children need to learn about porn so they can understand the risks and put it into context but most schools don't want to teach it partly because it's so controversial but also because they can have so much trouble teaching even the most basic sex education regulator ofsted says the sex education in a third of English schools isn't up to scratch, while in Scotland, there's no obligation to teach it at all. But there are schools, like the Limes College in South London, where they believe the dangers of porn can no longer be ignored.
10: Pornography shows men and women as equal partners in a sexual relationship.
0: They're not equal partners at all. If you see a porn video, it's like the, the woman is like the dog's boy, like the man can do whatever he wants to that woman. No respect towards a woman at all. Mm. You
22: guys agree?
21: Yeah. yeah. Sex education consultant Lynette Smith has been going into schools in North Lincolnshire for 20 years, and she's concerned about what she's
23: hearing from teenage boys. We're asked quite often, and this is not just at one school, but several schools, mm. if I'm being intimate or if I'm trying it on with a girl and she doesn't like it, if I keep going and keep going, she will finally like it won't she when we first started getting these questions we started exploring this and it links back to what they're seeing on pornography
21: when porn is something so many kids are being exposed to i can see why people like lynette say schools need to adapt what they teach to keep up with that i'm about to get a shock i'm slightly surprised because when we said we were going to school i didn't know it would be Primary. I mean these are kids who are sort of 10 and under and we're having a sex education lesson today it's gonna to be I mean the kids are gonna be learning about pornography which is slightly terrifying that there is even a need to educate such young children about porn this should be interesting
23: I always like to have a meeting with parents so you know exactly what I'm talking about to your children I never work in a primary school without at least first having a session with the parents Mm. because if I was the parent I would want to know who was teaching my child about pornography at five and why when we were all young we couldn't access the things that children can access now and even though there may be fear there may be suppressed anger and shock at the beginning parents come round when they suddenly realize yeah this is necessary, this is needed. From ages three to six, they're interested in the differences between boys and girls. It's the whole title, porn and pornography, and those words that are terrifying for parents. Now I've been in
22: and learned what it's going to be, and that it's in the right context, I'm at ease with it. My husband was terrified, thinking his little is going to be taught about pornography, but it's
21: not. After 45 minutes reassuring the parents, it's time to bring in the five-year-olds. I find this so interesting because I don't know how you explain where babies come from to a five-year-old. It's a lot easier than you think. Oh, really? (laughs) Because I'm 27 and I don't think I've still spoken about it with my parents.
23: Would you like to just sit down here, please? Let's have a little line. I've got lots of you. That's brilliant, isn't it? Now, what we're going to do today is we're going to talk about keeping safe. Does anybody know the correct scientific word for what a boy's got? A penis. Excellent! That's said like a proper scientist or a doctor or a nurse. Yes? I know the other one. You know what a girl's got, do you? The correct scientific word, and what's that? Vagina. Excellent! So far, so good. But I'm still not sure how Lynette is going to broach the subject
21: of porn with five-year-olds.
23: Now, we've got a boy taking a picture of another boy. Is that OK? Yeah. Yes! But I want you to look closely at this picture. Is that okay? No. (laughs) That's not okay, is it? No. Nobody should ever take photographs of you like that or the private parts of your body. Let's have a look at this next picture. If you look at that, that, somebody's got a phone or a tablet, and can you see? on that phone or tablet, Bob, are women. it's a woman with no clothes on, isn't it, with no clothes naked. Down, down. Yeah. <laughs> right. If any older children try to show you photos and pictures on their phones like that, you need to tell an adult or a grown-up. I really think we owe it to children and young people to keep them safe. And as we all know, knowledge is power. But if we can't get over the basics of straightforward sex education, how on earth can we tackle these stronger issues like pornography? Nobody should touch us there between our legs and nobody should touch our bottoms. (laughs) We need to take this far more seriously. It's not an optional extra. We've got to wake up and realise that it's becoming a big, big issue. Now, what I want us to do very quietly... Is to go
21: back to our classroom. <laughs> when I first walked in, you know, being a primary school and then finding out it was five-year-olds broaching the topic of pornography, I was you know, I was a little bit reluctant because I thought I just, it felt slightly unnecessarily young. And yet, within about five minutes of the lesson, you realise how armed they are with knowledge.
12: To me there's there's a sickness i don't know who well we know who's in charge but whoever's in charge they got their own agendas and i just think it's wicked what you do in your bedroom is your business but children a two-year-old should not be in a circle jerk that's it thank you
9: i agree thank you emperor cindy for chiming in on that uh definitely agree with you on everything you had to say about it because there's just no place in my opinion for uh elementary any child really to be learning this stuff in school of course the parents need to give their permission and i understand that i've, I've not given permission for my children to learn about sexual um, behaviors in school i pr- much pr- prefer to teach my children and i've done the same thing where i show them when they're of certain age here's some pictures um especially when i was going through nursing school i was like wow this is what this shit looks like yeah, you don't want to catch that damn shit. That's that's bad. I mean, talk about some waffle waffle herpes, blue waffle. If you ever look that up, it's pretty disgusting. Empress Maxine, did you want to add anything to this conversation, sweetie?
7: Yes, absolutely. Um, me being very familiar with the gay community, my daughter is gay. I have amazing gay friends. I think this agenda is more about them pushing the pedophilia than it is a homosexuality. Homosexuality and pedophilia is two different things. So for the mere fact that they're trying to say that they wanna convert your babies, that's that's an act of pedophilia. And if you're looking at the media and you're looking at all these shows that come on, that agenda is being pushed. Look, there is so much money and power behind, and this is all behind, to me, I feel like the white men on top trying to normalize touching your children. I was just watching a documentary today about how the um, the gymnasts, how they were being molested.
24: There is now nowhere left for you to hide, Larry. More than 160 women say Larry Nasser sexually abused them. It's one of the worst sexual abuse scandals in the history of sports. And it went on for more than two decades. How did he get away with it?
4: My real interest, of course, with dance and gymnastics is my role with USA
24: Gymnastics. Nasser had celebrity-like status in the elite gymnastics and sports medicine world. USA Gymnastics gave him countless awards. He was inducted into Michigan State University's Hall of Fame, and governors appointed him to state licensing boards. He even secured a patent for an ankle brace he invented. Nasser's patients felt honored to be treated by the best of the best. Nasser typically carried out his abuse under the guise of a medical treatment. He hijacked a rare pelvic therapy that involves vaginal penetration and used it to treat all sorts of ailments. He ignored protocols such as using a glove, asking consent, or having a medical chaperone present.
13: And When I was 14 years old, I tore my hamstring in my right leg. This was when he started performing the procedure that we are all now familiar with. The next visit was for my shoulder,
17: which I then found out my hips were out of alignment which then made my spine and my pelvic bone out of alignment as well. And this is when Larry decided that it was medically acceptable to violate a 16-year-old girl.
24: When confronted by parents, coaches, and eventually investigators, Nasser said patients may have misunderstood his therapy. Medical colleagues deferred to his expertise. After a 2014 investigation cleared his name, Nasser was just reminded to follow procedures. In the training camps of elite gymnastics, where coaches are notoriously hard on athletes, Nasser manipulated girls into believing he was a trusted friend, advocate, and even their protector.
9: You have to protect your athletes. You have to let them know that we care. You have to not let them know, but let them feel it. Let them understand it. Let
14: them breathe it.
15: He put my picture up on his wall with the Olympians. I thought it mattered to Larry. You had me so wrapped around your finger and I still trusted you so much. Even when I was a sophomore in college, and you were the
8: only person I called to help me make the decision to end my gymnastics career due to my
15: injuries.
24: Nassar won over family members by offering a free treatment, a quick diagnosis, or often the pretense of transparency. At the end of the appointment in your basement, I remember asking, do I owe you anything? (laughs) Now it seems kind of sick. You got what you wanted. He frequently molested young girls with parents in the room, using a draped towel, or practice positioning to conceal where his fingers were massaging.
15: What kind of a person has the audacity to sexually assault a child in front of their mother?
24: It's still unclear who knew what when, but for decades, Nasser's employers focused on their reputations and failed to safeguard the young women in their care. When USA Gymnastics got a complaint about Nasser in 2016, the organization paid the gymnast $1.25 million to stop her from speaking about the abuse. Complaints about Nasser's treatments reached officials at Michigan State University as early as 1997, the Detroit News has reported. That's 20 years before the prize doctor was terminated. MSU has said that no one at the university believed that Nasser committed sexual abuse prior to the newspaper reports in the summer of 2016. Nasser's victims say that if the university had investigated the first complaint, scores of young girls may have escaped the doctor's abuse.
15: Larry Nasser did not arise in isolation. Rather, we saw the worst sexual assault scandal in history unfold because a predator was left in power for decades, despite warning signs, despite red flags, despite direct reports of assault. Former USA
17: Gymnastics Dr. Larry Nasser is going through his third sentencing hearing, third sentencing hearing, so over the past couple of days, victims have been coming forward and
10: telling their stories of his abuse, and just moments ago, a very dramatic incident, a father, a father of three gymnasts, lunges at the former
25: doctor. Just take a look at this. I can't imagine for both of you and your families and everyone, it, it's very difficult to concentrate think about anything else but you have each other you have your sister Mr. and Mrs. Margraves thank you for being here today thank you for letting us hear your voice.
19: Judge what a distraught father have a chance say something
25: go ahead sir if... you, no we, we we don't want to swear we don't want to have profanity I can't imagine the anger and the anxiety and the feeling of wanting retribution and if you need to say something to help you i'm more than willing to let you say something but in a courtroom we we try we don't use profanity but if you have some words that you would like to say i would like to give you the opportunity to say i well. would
19: ask you to as part of this sentencing to grant me five minutes in a locked room with this <laughs> demon I would you been- do that Yes or no? no so not... Would you give me one minute? Well, I'm going to have to get Stay Stay I understand. not me that. That's son how I understand. I understand. I am gonna have to get understand. Let me that son of I understand. I want that son of <laughs> <out. Stop laughs> I understand. I you out. Your out. Your I I'll Behind your back. I uh. don't. Give me one minute with that bastard. Yeah, go ahead. You're good, you're
8: good.
19: One minute. Relax,
8: sir. Relax. Take it easy, buddy. Just relax. Okay. Now we're gonna kind of let up. Okay. You have to let up too. Okay. All right. Let's see. Sit up. Get on your side. Sit up. On side. Sit hey, up. Sit up. Where is it? Oh. One, two, three, oh.
19: What if this happened to you guys? You cannot
13: behave like that. No one can behave like this. I want
8: to make sure it's crystal clear. I'm sure,
13: Judge. Price you you haven't learned through it, ladies. You cannot behave like this. This is letting him have this power over us. Okay? She will come out and tell you this. I don't want to see another parent get arrested or put handcuffs on or a victim. We cannot behave like this. I understand Mr. Margaret's frustration, but you cannot do this. This is not helping your children. This is not helping your community. This is not helping us. This is not helping the police department. Use your words, use your experiences. To get him into change do not use physical violence
7: and how the um yeah. the olympic industry just swept it under the rug so really i'll get the name of it it's a really good documentary and how they were abused so now this joke that that video to me i felt like was a joke like they're being cynical like haha you know are those pedophilias doing that video or homosexuals because that's two different things Right,
9: like, are they trying to rub it in in our face? We'll convert your children. Like, you wanna, you wanna fuck our that's children? That's a pedophilia. That you, why don't you just say that? We we wanna fuck your children. Yeah, I mean, and the, essentially, that's what you're saying. Right, that's right? what
7: pedoph- uh, yeah. pedophilia would say, not homosexual. Right, two different things. Uh-huh. And yeah. two different things.
9: there are, you know, in the LGBTQ community that are against all this. Like they're uh, they're upset with this type. Yes, of, because it's um, two push-
3: different narrative. things. Yeah, two different. they things.
11: wouldn't go that far. They would not no. go this far, not to target children.
7: Let me tell you something. My friends who are gay, they are just as much as parents as I am. Like they don't play that shit when it comes to harming children. In fact, they go above and beyond to protect children. Mm-hmm. So the fact that they would come out and put that blasphemy video out like that you know, making it seem like, yeah, gay people, yeah, we're trying to, we're going to convert your children. Like Cindy said, that that part when they were talking about showing kids how to do that stuff, that's a pedophilia thing, not a homosexual thing. But but what happened exactly. is, because we don't understand homosexuality, we convert, we always balance it with pedophilia. Well, and you know, they just passed that law, what in California, you're there. It's not the same thing. No, I don't know. I haven't heard about that law, but I was going to
9: say, it's you got to understand.
8: What's yeah, the law, it's a law
9: um, where they don't the judge can decide whether or not you're listed as a as a uh, sex offender now the judge oh, really the judges what discretion now HBK. wow yes yeah, so
11: you know how that can go especially when they you see what i'm saying down
7: these office, Money. they are really you know? trying to normalize this stuff Yes,
11: they are it's not only about normalizing but we all know that pedophiles hide behind certain positions of power they always have so this is just another one of their agendas to now hide behind the lgbtq community there you go and that's that's a good way to say it jackie they absolutely hiding behind them Mm -hmm. they're hiding behind they they've hidden behind the cloth They've hidden behind. <clears throat> they've hidden behind uh, positions uh, in the community where they would be in care of our children. Um, <laughs> they're always hiding because they are those that cannot be publicly seen. So this is just right. another one of the agendas, and they have the money to do so. There's there someone go. that's, that's pushing this agenda
7: that's it yeah that's it's absolutely
9: you're you're absolutely right um it's it, they're hiding the and money and the power they're coming out in plain sight and as soon as we know it it'll be a part of the LGBT alphabet family and that's what they're aiming for to to, to basically infiltrate that community just like the LGBT unfortunately they're infiltrating the the black uh, movement and trying to push their agenda through the black and that's again that's my opinion i feel like they've been piggybacking on on our struggles and we haven't BLM. been able to get anywhere. hello actually, actually are trying to get reparations right now and we have over 400 years yet to see a damn progress they they want to keep doing a study on black reparations so but i digress we got so much more to go in this show and it <laughs> we could be on this topic all. i think the whole show actually but um interracial d- dating and with these black women i call them bed witches but hey if you get offended you get offended that's just the terminology i use i guess they want to put their white men on a pedestal let's see what cindy's got for us
3: you see this dude right here this is one of the proud boys you know all those uh neanderthals that attacked the Capitol remember that
8: and as we have been saying all day we yeah interviews.
3: well i want to show you we were being sarcastic. his wife he's
8: like opposites attract we were very different
3: this is um, his I wife his black wife it, all right that's his bad. black wife see that I, I, and they were on I, one of those I, judge shows and shit i didn't want to be married anymore see?
8: I just, i'd rather we stay friends all
3: right <laughs> that's his black wife okay whether they're together or not or whatever his black wife and um, that's why whenever we talk about interracial relationships, everybody gets super sensitive, right? Because, you know, they always say, you ever hear that saying, love transcends color. Love transcends color. First of all, we need to get rid of the word transcend. You know how you know how high you got to be to transcend some shit? You know how what the level of transcendental shit is? Okay. And black people... You know me, I'm a comedian, so I'm going to throw in some comedy. We are the highest jumping motherfuckers on the planet. And yet we can't seem to jump over the hurdle of racism. Hmm? Right? Right. So nobody ever wants to talk about the other side of interracial dating or marriage. No one talks about that other side. Because I can guarantee you there was a lot of polarization going on when this Trump shit was going on. Huh? Love transcends color. Mm, Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. There's nothing wrong with loving who you want to love. I have to throw that in before you guys try to pretend like you don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. But nobody talks about the other side, the fetishy side. There's that side where somebody doesn't respect you for who you are. They just want you for fetishy reasons. And that's not just black women or black people. That's Asians. That's Latina. You know, nobody ever talks about that. Nobody ever talks about the non-transcending shit. Okay, because I grew up in Chicago, in Chicago, where I knew white dudes that had black girlfriends would call you nigger in a heartbeat. <laughs> yeah, or they call you a chink and got a, a Asian girlfriend, call you a spick and got an Asian, a, a Latino girlfriend, or vice versa. This is real shit. So, this is an example. This dude with his black wife going to the Capitol. So, what did he say? Okay, I'm going to do some racist shit. You sit there and you be pretty, goddammit, I'm coming back to satisfy my fetish, you know? So there we have to talk about that side because if love transcended color, right? Then we would have been equal by now because we were fucking, we've been fucking each other for a long time, everybody. Everybody's been fucking the shit out of each other. And yet racism hasn't moved a goddamn inch. I'm just saying. So where's this transcending coming from? You know, and let's be real. A lot of us date outside of our race. A lot of us, there is a population of people that date outside of race because of self-hatred. Self-hatred, angry at your people. You know, you got black women mad at black men and say, fuck black men, I'm going to get a white dude. That's the truth. And you got black men that say, fuck these black women, I'm going to get me a white girl. Watch, watch, huckleberry fin-ass Negroes. Yeah, you got that. You got people who have other agendas for going to another race. That's real shit. So I would like to just express that to everybody and that this fuckboy boy right here is an example of a lot of motherfuckers that are like that. I didn't say everyone was like that, but a lot of you motherfuckers are like that. I believe, to me, that the percentage of people that actually love each other that are from another race, very, very small. That's just how I feel because... I live in this skin, and I see how people act towards us. So, listen. <laughs> so, I don't think we're ever going to be able to fuck the shit out of each other to get rid of racism. Just, just personally. I just don't think it's going to happen. I think it's just going to be changing our minds, right? And being respectful to us. It's going to be a mental thing that's going to have to change. Not fucking somebody. Okay? Thank you, guys. <laughs> I, I
8: love you, I, I love, love you, I love man. him. Oh I love Godfrey.
7: God. I saw that video.
9: Really? Did you, Empress Monica? <laughs> he is hilarious. Yes. I just love his delivery.
7: He, yes. he and makes what it he-
9: simple and to the point. Go for it. Facts. Um,
1: and I honestly, I agree with him 100%. Because um, of all my friends that I've known that dated interracially, yeah, that N word has snuck up in there whenever the first, second, third argument came about. So it did make me wonder how genuine these relationships were.
9: Wow. Um, <clears throat> uh,
1: I do believe, like that was stated earlier, that love is love and, you know, and like you said, some of it maybe can transcend, but um, like we stated before in one of our earlier uh, podcasts, there has to be some deep vetting going on. And I'm not just talking about, you know, uh, just family dinners and things like that. Like we we need to go into family history at this point. And um,
9: mm-hmm.
1: yeah. Yeah. That's all I got for right now.
9: Yeah. I, I agree with you. I agree with uh, Godfrey on it. Unfortunately, I'm, I am a product of interracial, um, couples and my mother, uh, is Mexican, um, and my father's black and they suffered from, from the, the decision they made to be together. Unfortunately they were, you know, especially my mom, she was pretty much disowned for quite some time. And, you know, we suffered cause we were neglected by family on one side and the other side, they, we had the colorism, that we had no control over, so that's why I, I'm like anti-interracial dating because I know the all too well the, the effects that the children go through. If you're going to do it, don't have children because especially if your your family you don't know how they are if they don't even like black people or white people or whatever it is you're you're choosing to date, um, and then they're gonna the, that child ends up with a complex and and now you've got issues at school and at home. And, and on top of that, then, then you've got uh, the self-hate because internally, think about what a white child who's mixed with black, a black and white child go through in this country with all the police killings of shootings. I can't imagine what those households,
7: those conversations are like. Yes, Maxine, please. I have a brother. We have same mother, same father, black parents. And my father, my brother um, is with a white woman. My nephew, their child is about, he's 21 years old. I just met my nephew about six years ago. I still have yet to be in the room with um, my brother's girlfriend. She wants my brother, but she doesn't want the relationship. She's a bigot, straight up. She wants wow. nothing to do with this backside. She doesn't want her son to come to Los Angeles. They only live in Reno. Wow.
9: And you just met him six years it bro- ago. When
7: I saw that little boy for the first time and I had to leave him, I wanted to just break down and cry because his mother. I just met him six years ago. I just hmm. met him six years ago. And that's because we flew to, flew- we flew to Reno. Right. And the first time I actually had a conversation with her was when my brother had a heart attack last year. And that was the first time. And even then, you can hear her reservation. So, what I found is that, like, just like Godfrey says, Godfrey says, they don't, they're black people but they have the fetish or probably nobody wanted her. So my brother was it, I don't know why. And I and I, and I, when I look at my brother, I'm thinking like, God, you grew up black, you grew up in a neighborhood. And guess what? If he wanted to date a white woman, no problem. But like you said, you have to go deeper into it. That the family, Um, you, you're dating this woman, but it was okay for her to cut you off from your whole family. That's cool, we grew up close. And for that, for that, I've said, I will never, ever go outside of my race.
9: Amen, sister.
7: <laughs> if I that's what it's going to cost, cost to go on the other side. what's that. Sorry. <laughs> I just, this pisses me off because, say, you know, she knows she doesn't <laughs> want anything to do. It's just sad. But what, like you said, don't, just like you said, Angie, don't have children. If that's what you're going to have. If, if it was just two of them and they were riding, fine, go on with that. But now you just cost this, you know, this boy, the relationship and he wants to be come down here and be with us so badly. He does. He still wants to come. And we're like, yeah, come on. You're welcome. down here anytime. Yeah, you know, time. That, really that, but that, that's just my main piece on it.
9: Yes, ma'am. Go. Go ahead. Add uh, add your commentary. Uh, Empress Jackie,
11: please. Yes. Um, you know, it breaks my heart to hear this. Um with you, Leticia, and with you, um, Sister Maxine, it, it, it really does. I have a um, lot of um, biracial family members, and I see what they go through. Um, beautiful girls, my little cousins. Um, but because they are growing up in a predominantly um, Black community, they are picked on a lot, and um, You know, they single out the light-skinned girls with the beautiful hair. Uh, And they're growing up tougher than they should have to. Um, My problem with what I'm seeing lately is, uh, you know, the propaganda, the commercials. My children are now, watch every commercial that comes on, you don't really see any... Couples that look like their moms and dads anymore. Every couple is like it's a it's a interracial couple. Every couple, every commercial, and I remember once upon a time you would never see that shit. You would you would rarely see a black person, period. But it skipped over seeing more black couples to seeing no blacks to interracial couples, and and I. I want us to all pay close attention that there is a such thing as depopulation and a depopulation agenda. Let's keep that in mind. The more you see interracial couples being pushed by those in positions of power, and we all know that those in positions of power never, never gave a damn about us, but if they're pushing the interracial couples and in our faces literally shoving it down our throats we should already know that that means our bloodlines are being thinned intentionally exactly um, they don't want uh a lot of us <laughs> you know uh original uh um indigenous black folks uh hanging around too much longer and eventually um you're gonna start to see more and more of our skin color change lighten, our hair texture change, and then we'll be more acceptable in this this society. So there's definitely an agenda. And I digress. I'll pass the mic. Thank you. Empress Angie, would you like to add?
10: Uh, This is just kind of like a tough topic, but because um, I'm, you know, I'm mixed, um, Puerto Rican and Black, and I've basically, I don't feel like I've ever had like the the whole race issue. The only thing I just learned to embrace more was just the the issue with my hair. Um, I just, I think to me, it just breaks my heart because all of this with this whole thing about the separation of color. And I've always talked about it because I'm like, if we bleed, I don't think people of different races or cultures or anything like that bleed any different because I could have swore that we all bleed red so the fact that we get to the point that we have to disown each other because of who we like and who we love is just getting to the point where I'm like I don't understand anymore like it just doesn't make sense to me you know but um I don't know I mean I, I get the whole thing about the the interracial I mean it gets to the point where again I'm mixed I still have to As a person, as a human, as a woman, I have to be comfortable and be able to to just be happy with who I am, whether if I'm light, I'm dark, or whatever color I am, I have to be happy with who I am as a person.
9: Yeah, I feel you on that. Because if you don't embrace or love yourself, who else is going to love you? So you definitely should love who you are regardless. And I had to learn that early on in life because regardless if my family didn't love me for who I was or what I was created by, um, Oh, well, fuck them at this point. Cause I'm going to love me. And that's all that matters at the end of the day. And then whoever else wants to love me or love us for who we are as goddesses, then great. But you got to look in the mirror and be able to tell yourself you love yourself enough. And instead of hating on our black men, to uplift another race, embrace your, your brothers who are, you know, good black men and make good choices in life. And instead of downing them, I think we need to just start uplifting our men or don't say anything at all. Instead of trying to uplift a whole different community of of people or wanting peanut butter babies, you know? So Um, Good, good conversation. And of course, we are on the wakeupradio.com, otwtube.com. Check us out. Call in to 844-818-4433. And um, we are talking about what's the meaning of life. Next conversation, masturbation versus sex. Who is at fault?
26: My husband prefers masturbation over sex with me. What is going on? I'm Dr. Trishley. I'm here to answer that question for you. Okay, it goes back to his brain. I'm sure you were probably expecting that, but let me explain how. So if a man has had a masturbation habit for a very long time, even if it's a year or two, but usually it's five, 10, 15, 20, Masturbation usually starts in the teenage years for young men. Many times it's coupled with pornography. And what that does is it gives a huge dopamine dump into that man's brain. It gives a just a release of neurotransmitters that give him the feeling of pleasure. But here's the most important point. It also is a pain reliever. There's neurotransmitters in the brain that literally act like pain relievers. So it ends up becoming a dump of pain reliever in the brain also. Now, why is that important? Because all of this has nothing to do with sex. It has to do with pain on the inside, typically from some type of trauma in childhood. And then that pain has been with him for a very long time and masturbation has become the medication to soothe the pain. Now, if you can wrap your mind around that, you can approach this whole thing better than if you just think about it as masturbation versus sex. But what it comes down to is the habit is a self-medication, self-soothing habit. And what you really want, is for your husband not to need to do that anymore, to not have the pain inside. So, how do you do that? You have to find out what the root of the pain is and make the pain go away.
9: That's the first time I've heard that broken down that way. <laughs> I've never heard about the pain situation. Uh, does
11: anyone know about this pain that she speaks of? Like, I, think, uh, I, 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 I I don't know if I'm able to associate it with pain or deep trauma. I can associate it with a habit. It becomes habit. And it can become a, a habit that can spiral out of control easily. If you are a person that is extremely... um. um I don't know, like sex sexually uh, inquisitive, and you you like to explore, then masturbation can become a habit. I remember um, Kirk Fra- Frank Kirk Franklin um, was actually talking about his masturbation habit, uh, which all almost ended his marriage. Um, you know, uh, he he spoke about it openly. And he had to get counseling, but I never heard him associated, I don't believe, to pain or or deep trauma. Um, so I, I have to do, it makes me want to do a little research. <laughs> Thanks, Cindy. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh,
9: go ahead, Empress Maxine.
7: Yes, um, I've been married for 18 years. I'm married to someone who went through trauma and pain. And I can say that we did not have that problem. I think it has to do with both. If you're a sexual person, I'm a sexual person. So maybe she doesn't know how to turn him on intimately. I think that could be a factor. And she said that he's used to watching the porn. Well, you know, porn, they do things in a way that makes everything look fabulous. So that's not realistic. But one thing I see she didn't say in the video is what she tried to do to sexually satisfy him. In addition to right. getting down to the root of the problem, you can't just do one or not the other. In adi- because I know from for for him, he feels good when he's getting that intimate attention from me. And a lot of times when he's under stress, like when he was on his job, when he's under stress, then sometimes he may not want to, but he's not resorting to that. So yeah, that was the thing that I would say is that she just didn't really fully Unfold and say, "Well, I tried to do this and I tried to do that to satisfy him." She didn't say that. She talked about just trying to get into his mental. And you know, when dealing with men, they don't communicate that way.
25: Right. So They're I just more, found that very interesting.
7: Physical. Right. That's right. They're more so physical. This, Show me. Right.
9: So this, uh, this was a post that I saw. Uh, five out of seven nights he is left to masturbate because she's sleepy. Who's at fault? A. Him for being too horny. B. Her for not stepping up or see nobody because two nights are good enough. What, what do y'all think, A, B, or C?
7: I think it could be B for her not stepping up. Maybe she's not into sex that way. There are a lot of people that are married for women that are not into it sexually. It could be a combination. Of, and I would even say even between two nights, it just depends how long you're married. The younger you are, the more you can go. But when you get older, you're not as active. So it it could be between B and C.
9: What about you, Empress Monica? A, B or C? Um yeah, I'm leaning towards
1: B. Um because I mean she could possibly do things to get more rest too. Uh I don't think that um he should be always just left to his own vices because then the imagination wanders and you know like like that was stated earlier you know porn's not realistic but you know people's imaginations can can run wild with that but uh i know two of the things i wrote down when i was watching the other video was um well for one there's so many other healthy options to revitalize your sex life you know in referring to the lady that's that that was the doctor in the other video. And the other thing I thought was maybe she should try masturbating in front of her husband in order to entice him.
9: That's a good idea. Great feedback. Empress Angie, what do you, what do you think? A, B or C, or you got your own idea on that one.
10: Yeah. I just wanted to say um, just a few things. So with the whole difference of the masturbation and sex from the part what I heard about the trauma, I do believe for some of that to be true. Sometimes some people actually have an addiction to porn that I feel, I guess, it becomes, I guess, better for them than actually having sex. Also, sometimes, whether marriages or relationships, um, like someone said, maybe that other person might not be into sex as much. Maybe sometimes after a while, just sex just becomes, I guess, either, I don't know whether to say less interesting or just just less of it um which of course i'm about to put myself out there (laughs) um me when it comes to the masturbation i i do do that but not to the point of like doing that every day or all day um i've done it because at the same time i'm kind of like i'm not gonna be out there trying to look for you know um for for men or just anybody even if I know them or not just to have sex because here I am and you know I want some and I'm now putting myself out there so for me that would be one of the reasons why I would do it so and plus for safety and because of STDs and stuff so um there could be many reasons
11: yeah I get it Jackie uh I think I'm about to shock and awe everybody on the panel I was him, and it had nothing to do with whether my husband could not please me. I just had all, I have um, energy, lots and lots and lots of energy that the average person would not meet my demand, period. So with that being said, I still take care of me, and I do not um, expect someone else to have that type of stamina. So it could be a and B um because I have been him. there's times where I'm at a heightened um <laughs> a heightened sense of a sense of arousal in my life. it depends on what's going on and you know I have these bouts uh ever so often and it has nothing to do with my partner. it has everything to do with me. Um, No one's at fault. Um, Well, I guess I don't even know if for me, I would be at fault. Um, I'm just a very sensual person. So, um, yeah, I just wanted to speak up for the guy.
9: I appreciate that because I I have myself, I'm put myself out there. I have a high sex drive and that's just what it is. But I have a compatible partner to to experience that with um but i mean i understand everybody has a different drive so you know it's important to fulfill whatever that is and not take it personal um i actually spoke to my husband about this question and he said they need to find a compromise maybe she works five those five days a week and she's at home with the kids after and so she is tired and maybe they make some type of compromise where they go to the shower when she's taking her shower and, you know, handle business that way. So I think there are ways to work around if your spouse or your partner has a, a higher sex drive or a lower sex drive, whatever it is, especially if you want to be with that person and you know their drive and you're okay with it. But there does come a time where it can be a bit much when you're seeing them masturbate, catch and masturbate with something else or someone else, or then they go on to venture to outside the house. So I guess that's where my thoughts are with that. What are you what are your words on this, Empress Cindy?
12: So sometimes I'll be afraid to say some shit because it'd be so far, far, far. Left woman.
8: <laughs> Nonetheless,
11: why we are here, right? Hey, hey um, let's just let's just put it out there, right? Put it on the table.
12: It, here's the problem with that, even that question, it, it puts shame in your heart if you're a sexual being. I'm a sexual being and I've been with people where, you know, when you first start, it'd be hot and heavy, hot and heavy. And then you get used to each other, but you still hot and heavy. And now this motherfucker is on some, he ready to go to sleep and you're like, God damn, what happened? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then you start feeling like it's you. Well, Damn, maybe he's not into me. <sighs> So imagine how a man feels, because I know how I feel as a woman. Where I'm like, damn, I really, I really wanted some tonight, right? This was the main event, and the main event went down like a Tyson ripping off your ear, and it was over in fucking two minutes, type shit. And you're like, oh. and then you start feeling like something's wrong with you. And I, I think we have to get out of that um thing where we feel like something's wrong with somebody because they want to fuck, be happy, somebody interested in you still i don't care if you 50 60, 70 everybody needs to get the groove on and it's amazing uh-huh. when you're still sexually attracted to each other and you still find ways because everything doesn't have to be wham bam it start off as a foot rub and i ain't even gonna take y'all there but thanks <laughs> <laughs>
11: Ashay, all right, foot rub. Okay. Ashay,
8: I'm ahead. all for the foot rub now. All right, Ashe. Empress.
9: <laughs> speaking of foot rubs, we 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 got bath day. What's up with a bath day? I I've heard of this. It it just is beyond me that it's actual fact. But uh, Empress Cindy, um, I don't know if you're ready for the clip, but. Um, yeah, we, we're going to talk about bath day and how this is a thing. And, uh, let's see what, what bath day is all about guys. Uh,
22: videos okay. So I got to stitch this super, super quick, but first, if you haven't, please go watch her videos, please go like, share and interact with her page and her content. She's amazing. Um, so for content really quick, I am mixed. My three sisters are darker than me. We are not biologically related, but we were all adopted by the same white parents. We had bath day. It was every Sunday, Wednesday, and Friday. We did not deviate from the schedule. It didn't matter what you did in between. It didn't matter how dirty you got. If you needed a bath on a day that wasn't bath day, you weren't going to get a bath because it wasn't bath day. Like, bath day is a living thing. There was one exception to when we would deviate from that bath day schedule, and that was in the summertime because we were on swim team and the pool was considered a bath. So people that want to come on here and say it's not a white or black thing, yeah, I understand there's exceptions to every rule, but I'm just going to go out there and say it's a total white thing. I'm going to prove my point even more. Me and my sisters were the only kids of color and black kids in our neighborhood. We were the only kids of color and black kids in our school. All of them had bath day. All of them, to my knowledge, had bath day. Like, this is really a thing. When I got to college and I played basketball and everybody on my team was black and we would take showers, I noticed that everybody was using washcloths and loofahs and washing their legs and their whole bodies. And I just had my bar of soap, I was so embarrassed. So of course I copied them, right? And I do to this day because I know that's the right thing to do. But I went home and I asked my mom, I was like, mom, why didn't you ever tell us these things? She said, well, that's just not how we did it. It's not how my mom did it. It's not how my mom's mom did it. It's literally passed down this bath, this bath day thing. Wow. Like, and they don't even teach us to put on lotion. Isn't even really a thing either, but that's beside the point. Again, like I said, people that want to say it's not a white or black thing. Yeah, yeah, it is. It totally, totally is. My mom, rest in peace, you know, she recently passed, but up into her 80s, still did bath day. Still. It is totally a white thing. And I'll fight anybody on that. I'm sorry, I just will. Did anybody have
11: a bath day? What? You better wash your ass.
7: Every every day. Sometimes I bathe two to three times a day, depending on the weather. If it's hot. Yeah, I've never heard of that. I've done
9: that. The summer, I might take two
7: showers a day. Yeah, two showers a day. Yeah, about two showers a day. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
11: Anybody else? Jackie? I'm
7: shocked. I'm just shocked. But it doesn't surprise me.
11: I... This one did for some reason. I can't tell you why, ladies, but this one shocked the hell out of me. I did not know that it, this was a thing. But yeah. Like no, that, that didn't go down in my household at all. Um, you sweat, you take a shower or a bath. You it was daily. Every day before bed because you're not going to go outside and then get into those sheets with all of the dirt, with the dust, with the bacteria that you pick up outside. You're not doing that. You know, um, wow. I'm I'm seriously in shock. Yeah, I wonder if it
9: goes back to the Moors teaching them how to bathe. I'm like, that's kind of where... I went with it to down the, down the rabbit hole. I'm like, what would what would make them, you know, think not to sh- not to bathe on a daily basis? But is it something that that that's a part of their heritage or something? I don't know. What do you think, Cindy?
12: Okay, so wait, I'm I'm gonna use a little bit of logic here because a lot of times we hear stuff and we think that's what it is. Now, do I want to believe? that white folks have a bath day. I don't want to believe that. Because honestly, remember when we were growing up and like somebody like white got wet and they smelled like dog? Do you get what I'm saying? Or how about yeah. when you you're, you know, some of you sisters are light-skinned. The dark skin sisters would say, you don't use lotion. I've heard light skin, be like, what do I need lotion for? I was under the impression that be, the light of your skin, you didn't need lotion you get what I'm saying? I mean, these are things we come yeah. right up with right. and Stupid shit. And nonetheless, we perpetuated. Um, or just saying that, um, you know, everybody is, I don't know. There's a bunch of, like, things. And so when that lady says it's a thing, and then you meet somebody, and they like, no, I fucking bathe The same way you went to school, and there was always somebody musty. They wasn't white. What what, what what happened to them? They forgot to be black. Do you get me saying? Was it was it a thing? And I understand in certain uh certain uh, countries there's not enough water, so now you have to bathe down by the river, or maybe you. Do you get what I'm saying? So I mean, I feel like there's there's more to it. I don't want to be like not not defending the whole thing, but I it just sounds so like I don't know. They're making it about them. I don't. Know. <laughs> I know the shit sounds weird. Right so weird. Like, who doesn't want to... It's 100 degrees outside. Why wouldn't you want to bathe? Now, don't get it wrong. Any of you ladies have been so super depressed, lost a family member, had a breakup. You are not hitting the showers. Let's keep it a fucking buck. You were laying in bed like, about motherfucking die, okay? Bath. What is bath day? Do you get what I'm saying? That is not... Who am I? You so that's why I'm saying there are moments where you go... I can't move out this bed. I can't. You know what I'm saying? Because mentally, you ain't even there. Now, is you bathe every day? Yeah, but there are times where you're going through things in your life. You won't eat, you will lose weight. Is there eat day? No, but there are times where the mental health is fucked up. And guess what? You're not showering. You're not eating. I've been there. It don't make me white. It. I've been there where you just don't want to fucking move. But if there's a bath day, I guess... Uh, I don't know. Thanks for saving us more water for Black people to bathe. You know.
9: <laughs> but, yeah. but there are other cultures and religions that don't believe in bathing every day, too. I mean, outside of the white culture. So I've met, you know, and I don't know if they're Indian of Indian descent. I don't want to just put that label on them. I don't know if it's a religion or belief thing, but where they take a bath once a once a week. And we've I've worked with nurses, and I'm like, you could smell it because they put loads of perfume over the funk and it it was bothering some of the patients that I would come in after that nurse and they're like do I have to have that nurse again because her perfume's too loud and you can smell other stuff and they just would complain about it but I mean I, I don't necessarily I wouldn't necessarily say it's a white person thing I would say it's probably more of a cultural thing or an upbringing that they they may have had so and Empress Aunt Angie, did you want to touch on it?
10: Um, well, just listening to that, and I don't know if anybody mentioned it, but just thinking about it, because in in other places that's not in the U.S., I think somebody did say right. Uh, some people are not that fortunate to probably like bathe every day, and especially if they're living in places like um, uh, like villages and stuff like that. It's um, like somebody said, you really have to go to the river or you would bring water from somewhere. So it's just kind of, I don't know. Um, It's just kind of there. It's not something, you know, some people just don't bathe every day. And then there's reasons for reasons for others why they probably don't take a bath every day. So, yeah.
9: That's what's up. I, I I definitely agree. I don't know that it's a a white thing, but I I don't know if that's something um, that because she's in America I'm assuming she's in America. Maybe that's what they're referring to because we do have the running water here. But I don't know. But uh, interesting topic. Nonetheless, um, now we're going to talk about Simone Biles um, and mental health. So this kind of rolls into that uh, conversation about depression. Um, Empress Cindy roll the clip.
27: Mental health taking center stage new information emerges about what calls superstar Simone Biles to take a step back from the mat. And she did this at the biggest stage in the world of sports to help us understand here the toll that such Olympic-sized pressure can take on mental health. Psychiatrist, self-care expert, Dr. Janet Taylor, good to have you here with us. Also Dr. Ashton uh, here with us for this conversation as well. And and Dr. Taylor, I'm I'm fascinated by the conversations I've been having with friends and colleagues about this in particular. And this idea that she's at the biggest stage in the world and it's the most uh, coveted really title at the Olympics, the women's all around. And she said, you know what? My mental health is more important than even that thing. What are your impressions? What did you think when you heard uh, about her stepping back?
20: Well, I applauded her courage because we know that mental health should be a priority. You don't have to wait until you have mental illness, until you may be incapacitated. That when you recognize that things are too much, she said she was stressed. She was worried about her well-being. And we know that a a stress-distracted brain is not one that should be flipping around on a four-inch bar. You
26: know, we've heard from Simone that she has gone through some mental health issues in the past you know and to put this into context just in terms of her timeline she hasn't lost an all-around final in competition since 2013. Um, You know that's almost a decade what could be different now when someone has a history of something in the past and they say things are different now what what could that tipping point look like?
20: Well, sure. Well, we know almost half of all Americans have some diagnosable mental illness. And if you are living, you've probably gone through some sort of stressor. But And so the reality is we're not sure exactly what happened to her now, but whatever it is that she learned from in terms of how she functions best, she has maturity and really, again, the courage and the stamina to say, I'm not going to push myself through one more thing. So whether it's, you know, the stress of the pandemic, personal issues, knowing her body, she is saying that it's enough and so the real lesson here is we all have to pay attention to issues that we have at work relationships with ourselves so that we can get ourselves back in balance and know when it's time to take
27: a a breath even if you're on the biggest stage and know when it's time to push forward how do we recognize that hey I don't need to go into work today hey I need to remove myself from that relationship how do we know how can we recognize that it's that serious well, unfortunately, TJ, what we're conditioned to, to do is be silent about what is going on with
20: us, because what we have become accustomed to, whether it's social media or our own self-image, self-confidence is that we have to project that nothing is ever wrong with us. So it's up to you to be self-aware. Use emotional intelligence. Pay attention to how you are feeling and what you're doing. And if you have self sadness and we all get sad at some point if you have sadness that lasts longer than two weeks if you feel like you want to hurt yourself or someone else if you recognize that you are using negative coping skills over drinking not working out not eating not sleeping not having the motivation to function the way you usually do then you need to do as she did stop talk to a mental health professional you know talk to yourself talk to your friends, your colleagues, and and lose the stigma about what it means to take care of our mental health.
27: This is so important. Dr. Ashton, thank you. Of course, we'll check in with your final thoughts shortly. Dr. Taylor, it is so good to see you as well. Thank you so Mm -hmm. much. And a reminder to our viewers, if you or a loved one are struggling, you can call the National Suicide Prevention Hotline, 1-800-273-8255, or you can text TALK. 741-741 for free confidential emotional support 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Uh,
9: My heart goes out to uh, Empress Simone and I'm glad that she is self-aware to have known that she needed to take this break for her mental health and well-being and I love, love, love that her her, uh, king stepped up and just showed his support openly the way he did. Um, and I think that that's important. Like they mentioned, you know, need to know yourself. It's self-awareness is something that we all must come to terms with in order to know what is going on with us and when we need to get help, when we need to take a break, when we need to reset. And so I think that's excellent that she took and she's showing the, the younger generation that this stigma especially for uh our community melanated people that it is okay and she shouldn't be ridiculed in my opinion I don't I think there was some uh politician here in Texas that tried to go in on her and called her embarrassing I I I just feel like he's and he's apologized since then but that was that was so harsh because they put us on this pedestal like um melanated women and men don't have pain that's why they tested us so much on different experiments just to see how much pain we could go through and 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 just to to know that she she was able to to say hey i need a break to hell with you and this this uh gymnastics and i need to work on myself and focus on me so i i commend her for that
1: i also think too like a lot of us in our community have that John Henry complex. Um, you know, like we'll work, we'll work, we'll work, we'll overextend, we'll overexert ourselves to the point where it'll affect us physically and mentally. Um, and just piggybacking on what Cindy was mentioning before, shout out to Cindy. Um, yeah, I've, I've had that state of depression where yeah I did not want to get out of bed And uh, full disclosure, I missed about eight months of work. Um, So yeah, yeah, I do know how that feels. Now I did shower, (laughs) but yeah, I did not want to get out of bed. So um,
9: thank you for your openness, Empress Monica. Anyone else want to chime in on this uh, conversation about Simone and her mental health break? Empress Angie? Um,
10: I wanted to read something. Hopefully I can read this. I don't think it's going to take too long, but um, it has to do with Simone. And it basically it's a I just feel like it's just all the athletes in general and what we're talking about now with um, mental health and what I saw when it comes to the Olympics or just in any type of sports that it's always that whole thing about winning. And it's like, fuck, if you if you get injured, but as long as you win, you get that goal you, you get that at whole championship, that's all they care about and not about what's going on at the moment. So it says, this realization I had about Simone Biles is gonna make some people mad, but oh well. Yesterday I was excited to show my daughters Carrie Strug's famous one leg vault. It was a defining Olympic moment that I watched live as a kid and my girls watched rapidly as Strug fell and then lip back to leap again. But for some reason, I wasn't as inspired watching it this time. In fact, I felt a little sick. Maybe being a father and teacher has made me soft. But all I could see was how how Carrie Strug looked at her coach, Bella, with pleading, terrified eyes, while he shouted back, you can do it over and over again. My daughters didn't cheer when Strug landed her second vault. Instead, they frowned in concern as she collapsed in agony and frantic tears. Why did she jump again if she was hurt? One of my girls asked. I made some inane, in, inane reply about the, the heart of a champion or Olympic spirit, but in the back of my mind, a thought was festering. She shouldn't have jumped again. The more the thought echoed, the stronger my realization became. Coach, um, I don't even know if I'm saying it right, Cor- Corrali should have gotten his visibly injured athlete medical help immediately. Now that I have two young daughters in gymnastics, I expect their safety to be the coach's number one priority. Instead, Bella told Strugg to vault again, and he got what he wanted, a gold medal that was more important to him than his athlete's health. I'm sure people will say Carrie Strug was a competitor. She wanted to push through the injury. That's possibly true, but since the last Olympics, we've also learned these athletes were put into positions where they could be systematically abused, both emotionally and physically, all while being inundated with all win-at-all-cost win at messaging. A teenager under those conditions should have been protected and told no metal is worth the risk of permanent injury in fact we, we now know that Strug's vault wasn't even necessary to clinch the gold the US already had an instrum, insurmountable lead nevertheless Bella told her to vault again according to his own recounting of their conversation I can't feel my, le- my leg Strug told him we got to go one more time shake it out do I have to do this again Strug asked can you can you Carelli wanted to know? I don't know yet, says Strug. I will do it. I will, I will. It says the injury forced Strug retirement at 18 years old. A generational talent also retired from injuries shortly after. There were top gymnasts literally pushed to the breaking point and then put out to pasture. Today, Simone Biles, the greatest gymnast of all time, chose to step back from the competition, citing concerns for mental and physical health. I already seen comments and posts about Biles failed her country, quit on us, or can't be the greatest if she can't handle the pressure. Those statements are no different than Coach Correlli telling an injured teen with wide frightened eyes. We got to go one more time. Shake it out. Here's the message. I hope we can send to Simone Biles. You're an outstanding athlete, a true role model, and a powerful woman. Nothing will change that. Please don't sacrifice your emotional or physical well-being for our entertainment or national pride. We are proud of you for being brave enough to compete and proud of you for having the wisdom to know when to step back. Your choice makes you an even better example to our daughters than you were before. We're still rooting for you. That was the whole thing.
9: <laughs> oh, thank you for powerful. that. Yes. Oh my God. It's it's amazing what those athletes go through. I've heard they've even given them like pain medicine just to get back out there. Empress Cindy, what's your take? You
12: hear, you, you hear we, we start her, the greatest athlete. What the f- Could you imagine being you? And when you walk through the door, they're like, the greatest mother, the greatest wife. Imagine having to live up to that shit and it's on the TV and it's on banners and it's on everything. And I used to, I used to take my daughter to these gold seeds when she was little. And, you know, she'd be in movies, by the way, she was in She Hate Me, the one with uh Anthony and Carrie Washington. She was in mm-hmm. Sears. She was in Macy's. But let me tell you what I did notice, how parents acted. And they were not nice. They were monsters, which were creating little monsters. Why didn't you smile? I went for, it was a Huggies diaper commercial. At, my, at the time, my daughter was like, she was weird because she was like, be happy. And then as soon as she was done, it was something she would do. She would turn it on and off. I wouldn't have to say anything. If she didn't smile, ma'am, your daughter's not smiling. I'd be like, listen, she's not smiling. It is what it is. But the other parents would be like, what the fuck? How could you embarrass me? Imagine what those athletes are going through. If 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 the little supermodel, little Jean Renee Ramsey, whatever the little girl was, the little model. it's always like that. So now the stress is you can't do it as a parent. But now you're yelling at this kid, you're the greatest, you're the greatest. And somehow this superhuman being can't get tired. Oh, Lord, don't be black. Dear God, don't, don't play basketball or football. You're supposed to always be ready, always be on, ready to go. And that shit is not fucking real and I think sometimes people fold when they get tired. They're like in fucking tired," ty- And she probably was just tired of that shit. Like, I don't want, I don't want to fucking do this shit no more. I don't want to fucking smile on stage. No, I don't want roses and, and pageant flowers and whatever the fuck this is. Cause sometimes we get fucking tired. It
9: is what it is. Yeah. Work is like ox, huh? <laughs> shit. You can't take a n- damn break. Did anyone else want to chime in on this conversation, Empress Maxine or Jackie?
11: I just wanted to say that I applaud her. Um, I know it took—I uh, I know it took courage for her to to step out in front of the entire world to say, "I'm tired." Period. We we don't get that luxury of doing that. Often, Um, sometimes we just try to, you know, rise to the occasion and try our best not to fail in front of everybody, but we're human. And for her to do that in front of um, our daughters, to to watch her, it, it should make them comfortable to say, you know what, I'm human. And sometimes I'm gonna get tired as well. And it's o oh fucking k. It's okay. So she is a model, and I love that. I I love that she did this. Um, but let's let's also keep in mind that our sisters are also over there being uh, singled out because of the color of their skin as well. They also have that against them. Um, black and brown women. They're telling them that they can't wear certain swim caps because of their afros or because of their natural hair. Um, Those kind of restrictions, requirements or whatever they're putting in place, it's a lot of pressure. It's humiliating. It's degrading. And then you still got to get out there and perform. So, yes, I applaud her for her courage, um, her, her strength and her wisdom. So, yes, um, she she is definitely uh, one of my faves this week, for
9: sure. Mm-hmm. Empress
7: Maxine, you want to take a minute to talk on this topic? Yes, I'll take a quick minute. Um, you know, we've been following the Olympics. I love the Olympics when it's here. And I remember watching her when she was on screen and she put on that jacket and she zipped up and I watched her face. And I recognize that face because... If you saw her, you would. have If she could have in that moment, she probably would have burst into hysterical tears. You could see the stress all through her body. It, it reminded me the last day I left corporate America. I did pretty much what she did: zipped up. I just walked out of there. Because what happens is, is that we're. It seemed like the more talented you are in something, the more is expected of you. Just like all you all said, there is no room for air. You, we're like machines. Right. You got to go, go, go until Right. Our pressure, just like Cindy's saying, our pressure burst pipes. That's what happened. It's what happened to her. It's what happened to me. It's what's happened to a lot of black uh, black women across America. We go, 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 go until we can't go anymore. And after that, I said, bullshit, nobody will ever have control over my life like that again. I will ride my own ticket." it's not always about the money. It's not always about the fame. It's about like what she did, take the uh, mental break. I, kudos to her for doing what she did. She's going to be more amazing and more successful for taking the break. It took a big person, um, you know, a brave, it was a brave move on her part to do what she did. And I commend her and support her 100, 1000%. 1, That's
9: what's up. I'll i to that. Um, and we're going to wish you all the best Empress Simone, uh, I don't know that you'll hear us, but you can at OnTheWakeUpRadio.com, live, or otwtube.com. Call in to 844-818-4433, 18 or older, if you'd like to join our conversation. And unfortunately, we have the opposite going on, too, where these uh, ladies thought that they should take a break at the restaurant on some tables. So let's find out what's going on with that.
2: A Texas restaurant owner is responding after video of him yelling at customers went viral.
8: All this twerking, Take it to prime, Take it to pink. Don't bring it here because we're a restaurant. If you want to do it, Get out my restaurant. Because I did it for our
3: people and I did it for our
8: culture.
2: It started with some customers standing on furniture and twerking music played inside true kitchen plus cocktails. Owner Kevin Kelly says before the viral video was recorded, he asked the women to stop dancing and sit down. The viral video shows him addressing the whole restaurant, saying he invested a lot of money into it so that black people can have somewhere nice to go and feel good. The video spread quickly online. Many saying Kelly addressed the situation poorly. He later posted on the restaurant's Facebook apologizing for using salty language but not for calling out the women. He also posted other videos showing what the women were doing and how workers and management responded before he addressed the whole restaurant. So have y'all
9: seen that video? I think this, this was actually happened not too long ago. I want to say last year. And then we, I know, had another recent in- incident with some t- girls twerking um, on a, at a restaurant, in a club. And twerking at a restaurant as well. And yeah, there we go. They're they're twerking on the table uh, at this restaurant. It's not a nightclub and they're, they're just out there. could be children there. Who knows? Um, They've got their hands all all over each other. Very, um, to me, distasteful. Um, There is a time and a place for everything. And, And of course, they chose to make this the time where you're going to eat dinner or lunch, whatever. Um, but yeah, I I think that our goddesses are basically not acting in their goddesship, And, you know, we got a lot of work to do as, as some would call us elders. I'm not going to use that word for everybody, but, um, you know, being in my forties might be considered a, a young elder, um, But I don't have any daughters. But if I had daughters, I would definitely tell them not to do this shit. And I would tell my nieces and any females in my family not to do this shit. Don't be going into no damn uh, restaurant twerking and showing your ass and rubbing and feeling up on each other like that. What do y'all got on this uh, conversation or this topic? I just feel like this whole twerking
10: thing has become such a thing that I feel like it's always a competition and especially with races. And then at the same time, just like you said, there's a time and place for everything and everything doesn't always have to be a a, a turn up from what I've always noticed. So yeah, I don't know, twerking, oh man, I don't know. It's it's just become a thing. It's like, if you can twerk, oh my God, great. Which I don't think it should be it, sh- it should be a thing. Like I don't I don't really understand people anymore when they just start things and they turn them into something. Like it's such a it's such a beautiful high thing. You have to put it up. Like if you know how to twerk, oh my God, that's fantastic. Like I don't know what's happening with people anymore and and their way of thinking that it's changed so much. And then it puts everybody else. So it's like, oh, so if I don't know how to twerk or turn up. Does that mean that there's something wrong with me? Like, should I feel bad because I can't do it? I might have some other special talent and it doesn't always have to be about twerking and turning up all the time, you know?
9: Right. Exactly. And somebody even tried to make it a cultural thing. No, it, it, there are some tribes that do what they call what we call twerking. It's not called twerking in, in their culture. uh, And they are of melanated descent, but they do it for tribal ritual reasons. They they're doing these dances for their own, per- their, their specific reasons to do this type of dancing in those cultures. Um, but yeah, I agree, Angie, it, it's, it's become a thing. And it's now it's just, everybody wants to do it every damn where. And now you got little girls doing it. Babies. I'm even seeing doing this shit. Cause they're seeing it. Of course no one's monitoring what they're watching and who knows their parents are probably putting this shit on or doing it in front of them. Did anyone else want to add to this conversation?
12: So wait, y'all remember Sarah Bartman, right?
9: Oh yeah. Yes.
12: Right, that's 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 all that's all this is. It's all this is, right? They don't need,
9: they don't need to they're exploiting themselves, Cindy.
12: Right. So now we we we're, we're not in a zoo in the circus. Behind some uh bars and standing there and then measuring our asses and and you you see who's filming though? Y'all see who's filming?
9: Exactly. Who's
12: filming? You see who was filming down here, right? She's sitting, she's sitting on that nauseal, no ass at all. She's sitting on a flat ass, but she she filming, right? Because now it's a it's spectacle. It's a, you know. Yeah. Oh wow. Look at look look doing it again. You know, That's it's their on,
9: entertainment.
12: Right. Oh, the animals are out. Out, it's always like this thing, and so you think by now these ladies would say to themselves, "Yeah, this this is not the move." But you know what? Honestly, between the MTV and the BET, and you know, the mystical and shake it fast, watch yourself. You know what I'm saying? Even though the man had went back to jail for rape, but nonetheless, you think that you nobody does the behind the studies of <laughs> what the hell they're singing, but. This, this is like just something that's put into the psyche of the children. And I, I, I do say children, but some mm-hmm. even like some older people, they they act like children because they'll go and do this. When I go to a restaurant, I be on my bougie shit. Okay? If I saw somebody doing this shit, I'd be like, uh, no, no, this, no, no, I can't. Or uh, For real, for real. Like, I think this is like making a mockery of yourself, your body parts. How in one uh breath you can say i don't want to be objectified and sexualized and you spreading it wide open then you need to go work at a strip club go do that and you'll get your dollars for that boot. do you get what i'm saying i'm not no hate people do what they do people pe- people's talents are people's talents I, I can't you know what i'm saying but this shit right here there are ch- children around there are other men around imagine you on the first date and somebody doing this shit you like, well, God But that's the kind of that's when you find out what kind of man it is. Right. Because he'd be looking. He can't even look at you no more. You'd be like this motherfucker. Right. Um, so, I mean, yeah, this right here, I just think it's embarrassing and we should not be uh, acting like that. But who am I to tell people what to do? I just personally wouldn't want to eat somewhere like this. I wouldn't want to be around that crowd because I don't know if y'all know black people are really conservative. We are really conservative. And plus, we are the ones that started the Republican Party. I don't know if y'all know that, but that's the history. Like, we are truly the most conservative conservative people on the planet. Forget that they show all this shit. We are very conservative. Just throwing that out there.
1: Facts. Facts. Um, Full disclosure, I actually won a twerking contest in my mid-20s. I made it to the finals and I got beat out by a stripper. But that's neither here nor there. It was actually a contest that was going on at a club. We were in a club setting, you know. Um, mm-hmm. At that time, uh, actually, I still love dance hall, but I was really heavy into dance hall music, so the moves, I had them then. Um, but like I said, it was a club setting. There would be no way in heck that I would ever do something like that at a restaurant Um, it's very distasteful and like was mentioned earlier in um, in this conversation and before in another podcast like I get on my daughter all the time for always trying to live her Instagram life Um, I've gone through her phone when she's been on punishment and seen videos of her twerking and I'm like are we serious right now and we'd have to have that talk so Again, yeah. trying to curb that behavior from her being a teenager to seeing these grown adults doing it. And like uh, Angie said, it's like, it's really like they're in some type of competition. Okay, well, if you're in a competition, go to the club and compete.
9: Right. Make some money off of it. Go right. do a twerk contest.
1: Exactly.
9: Get paid for it or go, you know, go strip it out somewhere. So, yeah, it's, it's it's sad sad to see but i know you know a lot of them are young they're young in the head and they don't have any guidance
11: apparently um i just wanted to add i is it a product of our environment i just want to know like is is that a prod a product of our environment we're glorifying (laughs) it
12: Jackie, honestly, I think it's really, it's, it doesn't help the fucking TV. The TV is the, you know, you got school indoctrination, that TV, that fucking TV is everything. The television actually tells our children how to act, how to behave. We should be doing that. And that goes back to the whole actual agenda and everything is we need to say, Oh, I know you see what's going on. Let me tell you something. When my kids are watching a movie and I walk in and I see somebody kissing. I go, so let me tell you about kissing. Let me tell you about, um, you know, this halitosis. The kids be like, oh my God, every time you come downstairs, don't nothing be happening. But now some sex pop up and you pop up with some excuse <laughs> to try to explain this and it embarrasses the fuck out of them. But nonetheless, I'm always there at the right time. Like Mary Poppins, I'll pop and be like, so you know when they're having sex, right? You think they're using condoms? Yo, the kids hate when I do that shit because they go, "Oh my god, why you always gotta be so?" Because you gotta be there. They're seeing stuff and they're developing their own thoughts. There's a difference of going, "Oh, I can't get pregnant if I jump up and down," but and then hearing your parents going, "Listen, there's birth control, there's condoms, be careful." There's ST. If we're not talking to our children. They're going to go out there and do that. My daughter once, she set up an Instagram when she was 15. And I said to her, do you have a business? And she said to me, what do you mean? I said, because it don't make sense for you to be on social media. My friends are. I said, and and what company do they have? What Fortune 500? You know, because that was my thing. If you're going to be on social media, you better be selling anything but ass. Because we don't sell ass. That don't work like that. Do you get what exactly. I'm saying? Right. So that was me. But most parents just kind of leave. You know, it's not on purpose. And friends will take you to hell. That's the, I would say the kryptonite is the friends. The friends are, girl, don't worry about it. Don't listen to your mother. Don't. So, no, I get it, Monica. Because they the, the friends will walk them all up in the hell and then leave them there. And Now you got to sort it out how to get them out because the friend will leave them. But we don't realize that. We are the first line of defense. We need to go in and be like, okay, you see this behavior? Listen, some people do do that. But guess what? Because these children are half of us. I know myself. I know how I was when I was younger. Do you get what I'm saying? And so they're half of us and we have to approach them like they are us because they are. And not always be mad or upset, but kind of mm-hmm. walk them down an alley where we kind of go, listen, I know everybody's having a good time. Maybe you might not want to drink too much because let me tell you about a story that a girl got raped. Let me tell you what happened when somebody thought that it was okay to have sex. And now you get what I'm saying? Where you kind of make them feel like, okay, mom is telling me a story. She's not angry at me. And, and you know, because we come up in an uh, era where you get boxed down and slapped up and, and whoop for everything for just even moving your neck just for it's questioning and your eye do you get what I'm saying so these
9: ladies yeah. didn't really get that love I call it love it is love though yeah that's that's what's up for real we we got to be the first teacher my uh three-year-old calls me teacher sometimes and at first I was like why are you calling me teacher Cause, and then I thought oh that's what I am duh you're his first teacher so him calling me teacher by quote-unquote accident was not accident you know and of course he uses it interchangeably he's like teacher mommy teacher you know we are their first teacher and we need to act as such and we can't let allow the media and other people to raise our children
7: so did you want to add uh Empress Maxine yeah uh yeah first of all I want to say that young lady with her bill behind um uh, twerking her punani all over the food. Could not love herself at all. I don't want your nasty punani all over my food. I'm paid my money to sit there and eat in that restaurant. Get your fat ass off the place and go to some place that's appropriate <laughs> and do that. Learn how to cook a meal. Learn how to bounce a checkbook. Learn how to clean your house. And if you know how to twerk, then you're a super but don't <laughs> think that that's all that you have to offer. And that's what these girls are just thinking that they looking at Cardi B. No, Cardi B got money. If it don't work out with that person, she can go to the next one. You don't. You are, you're a working everyday woman. You got to go out there and still prove yourself to somebody. That's what they believe, these young girls. All they got to do is shake their ass. Learn the other traits. And if you shake your ass, that's just a plus. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, you know, right. Cardi B got a man and a family. She's good. She's
22: good. Right.
7: You're not her. That's not it, your life. That is so true, Empress Maxine. You are so you know, and on it's just point. so and to me, there's no leader in that group. Like, what kind of friend? kind of what kind of friendship is that? All y'all together? Now one of them say, Girl, come on now. Talk her off the ledge. No. you know, sister, come no, on down here. Her, you not that's not who you are. Mm, but they cheered they her, her on. Her friends at. cheered her on.
9: <laughs> now I bet what you they most of them probably have friends. What is she part. Lose her job if she works and her boss sees that? Or all of them, whoever it was, you know. Just like these racist, we you know, we talked about not too long ago how these racist women, Karen's, they get found out and they lose their job, you know. What if what if she lose her job or or her boss come and up, it, and say, hey, I thank you, you working that ass, you gonna give me a little bit of it? You know, now I saw you out there working that ass now, girl. So what you gonna do
7: for a li- for a little promotion? Karen is fired. Exactly. So if Karen can get fired. What does that say about us? Okay. Yes, and that's they don't exactly.
11: Learn, but they gonna learn today. Saying, you know, they are drawing the wrong attention because as soon as a brother comes up and palms one up on their asses, they'll be ready to throw them paws. <laughs> so. What attention are you looking for? Is it to go viral and become that overnight sensation on social media? Because, uh, you like we said, we saw who was recording, and I'm going to tell you what happens. That person recording is going to capitalize off of that video because it's going to go viral, gonna and they're going to get paid. And they're going to learn how to twerk themselves and get paid again, doing the exact same thing. And that's how it's working out here, especially in the TikTok world. You know, it's It's so sad that our young women um, portray themselves in, in such a negative light that there's nothing more to us. There's no more substance to us than our bodies. And that's the way that we are viewed in in front of the entire world. So, you know, um, we just have to continue to try to teach them, encourage them to be their best selves, that they don't have to do all of that for attention, you know. And if they do want that kind of attention, there's a pole and brick and mortar buildings for that. And they can get paid hand over fist. You know, they might have to take a little extra clothes off, but hey, if you're gonna do it, be the best at it. That's all I have to say.
9: <laughs> yeah, um I agree. You need to go get paid for it. I don't agree I don't I hate to each his own. I'm not telling anybody to go out and, and be on a pole, but damn, if you're gonna go out here on damn food and shit and my drinks, I would have her pay for my shit because I'm not eating that anymore. Like Empress Maxine said, you need to pay for my food. And they sat up there and, and helped her twerk. So she might be like, well, y'all help me. So you pay for your own food, even if you didn't finish it. So yeah, but um, we're going to segue on to a natural hair topic. Um, great discussion coming up here. Let's see what we got. Submit to this
7: job because of my hair. I'm by myself because of my hair. I won't go to this party because of my hair. Keep going. I don't feel
11: confident
8: because of my hair. (sighs) Never
3: said any of that out
0: loud before.
3: That's okay, keep looking in the mirror. Look at yourself, look at your hair. Look at this. See, so you got me? Because you know I'm sensitive too, girl, but <laughs> this is what we got to do so I can understand who you are. And I really appreciate you sharing the real you with me. Your heart, your soul. Talk about it. Let's face what the problem
5: is. You know what I mean? I've been doing hair for
3: decades. It's standing behind women, talking to women. To me, it's bigger. Than just Let me give
14: you a hairdo that's cute, girl.
9: That's- it's so powerful because how many times have we read or saw a video like this, where people are not either getting work or damn cutting their dreadlocks at a wrestling match. That's so degrading. And then Empress Angie, you just had an incident this week with your hair. Do you want to share that with, with everyone, please? Yes. So Yesterday, I went to uh, to
10: a silent clubbing in Manhattan, um, the South Street Seaport. And I'm standing in line because there's a line we're all waiting. And I know there's these two ladies behind me. So the first time I felt it, I don't. I, it felt more like a tap. It wasn't even like, I guess, like really trying to touch it, but like a tap or something. So at first I'm like, what's going on? And so I look back and then I see the lady kind of doing like, you know, like she ain't know what was going on. So I'm like, fine whatever. But I'm trying to, I'm there, I'm trying to listen. And then I'm thinking, are they talking about me? Because I feel like I'm hearing things trying to be like, oh, it's, um, it's not moving. And be like, I think, I think that might be her hair. I'm not sure. And then the second time I felt it again, and I'm over here and I said something in Spanish, because I'm just like, what the hell? Like, what is going on? Because I'm thinking like, what could possibly be touching my hair? And all I'm thinking, it has to be the lady behind me. And then I hear all of a sudden, because I'm there trying to pay attention, and then I think this time I heard her say that, yeah, that's her hair. And I'm over here like, what the hell? So this is what I was, when I, and I, I know I let you guys know in the in, the, in um, WhatsApp yesterday, but I'm just, it, it bothered me because I'm kind of like, so because I'm a woman of color, light skin, whatever, and I feel like it doesn't even matter because I feel like when it comes to hair, I feel like some of us, whether if it's good hair, nappy hair, whatever type of hair it is, it's like, don't try to figure out if my hair is mine or not. I don't go around trying to tell people like, oh, so I'm assuming you must have a wig or weave or, or you know, a, a, a sewing because I can obviously, you know what I mean? Like, I I can obviously tell that that's not your hair. Like, I don't go around doing that. And sometimes, you know, what bothers me because I feel like people are sometimes surprised that when it comes to women of color and especially when they're of a darker, you know, um, Darker shade complexion, they sometimes feel that they think that a woman like that can actually have good hair. Um, What am I thinking about from um, TLC? um, If I'm correct, Chili, when you see her hair, I don't know if anybody ever questioned it and asked her, like, hey, is is that supposed to be, you know, (laughs) a a, a wig, a, a weave that you're wearing? And it just bothers me that. People get to the point of being surprised that people actually can't have some type of good hair. And I feel good hair can be anything. It doesn't literally, to me, I feel like it doesn't even have to be straight. Like, I don't know if you can see me right now in the video, but I embrace my hair. My hair is um, between straight and curly, nappy, everything, whatever you want to call it. I found products Mm -hmm. to work with my hair. You know what I mean? So I've learned to embrace my hair since probably once I got into my 30s because that was another issue too. I would have people laugh at me because I would straighten out my (laughs) hair. My hair would look nice and curls. And I was really completely lost. I was thinking to myself, what is so funny about how my hair looks? I'll never
17: understand.
9: Yeah, I I get it. I get it, Empress Angie. I've definitely been there with, it doesn't matter who it is. I get it more so with uh, the White Savage, but... Um, can I touch your hair oh look at it or to other I've seen witnessed other melanated empresses be approached by a white lady or it's usually a a white woman um oh you have a different style every time how did you get it like that how did can I touch it can I it's this like this petting syndrome thing they got like we're animals and that goes back to the whole twerking thing and, and Bartman you know and you it's almost like they're gawking like they're they're really curious and they want to touch it like they have this desire to touch your hair it, it's its just it, it's amazing to me that we're still in that headspace at this time and yeah I've had I've, very seldom um melanated women or other people of color have questioned my hair but i mean on a grander scale it's usually uh the white savage woman does anyone else want to talk about their natural hair do we all have natural
7: hair i think we all yes. do this. i believe right. so <laughs> yes uh, no this is a, my hair uh, is a protective style mm-hmm.
11: and it's gorgeous this is a protective
9: yeah. style i love it and- but i think you you wear do you wear Na- your hair natural or you do you go straight? No, my hair is well? natural.
7: I wear my hair natural.
9: Okay. I, okay. I thought so.
7: Yeah, I always, but for me, because I'm so busy, I have to get up and go. Or I have to do what I got to do. So that I just braid it and keep on going. But you know what? I get that. People say, oh, they love their hair, but I haven't had them touch it. But I remember what Angie was going through. I remember at work going through the question, please don't let me change my hair um, like this and then come to work and a ponytail, the, you know, the number one question I asked, did you cut it? I want to say, do I look like I fucking cut my hair? Why does that? You ask that same question. Why do you think I cut it? Does it, it doesn't look shorter, but it's like to them, our hair is a mystery. It's just a big old mystery. How do they get it that way? And, um, my thing is that nowadays, if they want to know, they can just go YouTube anything, but yeah, you were good, um, Angie, for them touching your hair because they were in your space. Um, I don't know if I could have been so kind. <laughs> don't get in my space. I'm good till you're in my space. You can ask me about my hair, don't touch me. But, but I feel bad, but I wanna say I felt bad for the young lady to felt that she felt because of her hair, she couldn't get a boyfriend. And that's not true, that young lady was beautiful. She was gorgeous. And to think it was that, right. I think the hair more bothered her than than other people because she was gorgeous. That hair was nothing. She could have just did it. and got something like this. I, I know he hooked her up after that. I wish I could have saw the whole video. I know he put something beautiful on her because she was a gorgeous woman. And I hope that she raises her self-worth, her, self, her self-esteem.
9: Yeah, I think it goes back to self-love. Um, Empress Jackie, I know you have to to head out. Did you want to add before you have to head out?
11: Yes, ma'am. Um, uh, Yes, I, I will. This is my last statement, and then I'm out uh, so I can travel home. It's already it's dark, dark. But I just wanted to say, and growing up, um, I have 4C texture hair. And I remember at one time, I did not like the ponytails that my mom would give me because they would just be so stiff and standing straight up on my head like little horns. And I cried one day, and she said, let me tell you, I said, I don't have good hair there are other girls that have good hair at my school. And, and she said, let me tell you something. As long as your hair grows, is good hair. If you ain't bald yes. headed and with bald spots on your scalp with alopecia, you have good hair. Good hair is hair that grows, period. So right. with mm-hmm. that being said, I just wanted to say that, you know, we have to be very careful about what we teach our daughters Um. Uh, about loving their hair, whatever texture it is, whatever color it is, it does not matter. All hair is beautiful.
0: Playing with you won't even like it. I'm head. so ugly. Oh. What? Don't say that. Don't say that. Don't say that. You are so pretty. You all. Are- Shut up. Go in the room you when you look at yourself you supposed to say i'm so pretty you are so pretty do you hear me you got the prettiest little dimples you are too cute (laughs) Baby girl Uh, You are so pretty You are like you have this beautiful chocolate skin Like you are just so gorgeous You got these dimples Remember what I told you? How many people got two dimples? Nobody You got two Let me see you smile let me see let me see you got two dimples i don't even have two dimples girl let me see your teeth look at them pretty white teeth no you're not gonna cry you are a beautiful little girl and you are pretty you are the prettiest girl in your class boom tell them straight up when you go to school tomorrow you got your hair done you're gonna be like oh look at my hair Oh, look at my shoes. Look at my clothes, baby girl. You are beautiful. Black is beautiful. And if don't nobody ever tell you, I will tell you, you are gorgeous. You are so pretty. And you're going to grow up and you're going to be everything that you can be. You're going to be the greatest nail tech, the greatest beautician, the greatest lawyer, the greatest doctor, the greatest teacher, whatever you want to be, the greatest speaker, the greatest entrepreneur, whatever. What you want to be? What you want to be when you get older?
17: The teacher. You want to
0: be... Your teacher mean to you? So guess what? When you become a teacher, you don't be mean. You be a nice teacher. You be, you gonna be Miss Miss Cotton. That's what they gonna call you. Miss Cotton. You gotta be happy all the time. Because you're a little kid. You only four. And you should not know nothing about being ugly. Because you are so beautiful. You hold your head up. You hold your head up. Okay? Okay. Have a hug. I love you. And you're so pretty. You got a beautiful heart, and you just have so some good manners. Come on, let's finish your hair, girl. my
8: hair.
0: Come on, we ain't got no choice. We ready to get we ready to get out this chair. Come on, girl, you just almost made me cry on live. Uh-uh. Turn this way. Girl, you just almost made me cry, Ariana. You can't be doing stuff like that. You got to warn me. Baby, you just said that like a grown woman that's going through things. Woo! God, in the name of Jesus. Girl, you are so pretty. I can't believe you just said that, Ariana. You just made me mad. You just made me so mad. I can't believe your pretty self just said that. As big as your smile is, and as pretty as them dimples is, you're going to call yourself ugly. Girl, I should whoop your little butt. You are too pretty. You talk like you got
11: manners. You know how to have a Um, And I think the reason why we have a lot of people that are so intrigued with our texture is because we can do so much with it. We can flip it, curl it, up, you know, straighten it. When we wash it, it curls back up. It's tightly coiled or spiraled. It, and with them, is only a few textures. So, of course, they're intrigued by something that's so amazing and so beautiful. Who wouldn't be? So we need to be proud of it. If they can be intrigued by it, that should tell you right there that we have something special. So no one should be ashamed of their, of their texture at all. Um, be proud of it and rock it. Rock it well. And Angie, let me tell you, with that touching all in my space and touching my hair, um, you did well. You kept your composure because many, that could have gone left because of a lot of, that's disrespectful. It's disrespectful on so many levels. Uh, especially with COVID floating around now. here. You don't want anyone even um six feet close to you. So especially close enough to touch your hair. So um I commend you, sis, for just keeping your composure and taking the high road and you know, um, keeping it moving. And that's that's mm-hmm. their So I just wanted to leave you ladies with that tonight. It's been a wonderful show. Thanks again to all of you. Uh, Queen Cindy, you rock. Ladies, you rock. And I can't wait until our next show. With that, I digress. Peace and have a good night. Beautiful.
9: Peace, Empress. Thank you for, for gracing us. Empress Cindy, what's your take?
12: So here's my thing. And I know you, you, you guys have seen it and not only experienced when you see a little black girl and she doesn't like her hair. My hair's not pretty. You know, they'll say that because, you know, the Barbie dolls, right? Even the black Barbie doll got straight hair. Or, you know, that fine curly hair. And you start to second guess yourself. It's just a little girl. You know, you're watching Saved by the Bell. You know, you were so happy to see Lisa. Belisa, here was long and pretty Do you get what I'm saying um, Right it, it does something to the psyche When you're like okay I want my hair To look like hers and hers And even even looking at Aretha Franklin I don't know if it was a wig I don't know what it was but you know what I'm saying She could sing and her hair looked nice You know what I'm saying Or you know uh, Whitney Houston You know all all day those were wigs and weaves I don't know what Whitney hair looked like we none of us know what Whitney Hair looked like. Maybe that time when she was a uh, crack. But nonetheless, it was one of those. We have this thing where we feel like my hair isn't pretty enough, right? I am not my hair. The Indira Re song I always play that. And I remember when I was first growing out my locks, because I said to myself when I had reached a thousand and five, I was gonna lock my hair, because I was gonna perm it no more. I was gonna weave it. I was gonna braid it. I'm just tired of this shit. I'm tired of fighting with my hair. And it wasn't that my hair was horrible. It was just, you always had to switch up, switch up, okay? I was like uh, Superman, but in reverse. You you was, you was had a different fucking costume every fucking week. And because you always got to change it up. And the people at work, oh, my God, can I touch your hair? That is forever. It don't matter where you go. I could be at an airport, in an elevator. You don't even know these people. And they want to touch your hair. Oh, my God, your hair is so pretty. Oh, what did you do? They, We're all used to that by now. I think we just block it and be like, block them and shit with our hands. But it's also with family. And I remember when I got my locks, you know how they start off like little caterpillars, little centipedes. And my mother said, you going to the wedding like that? I said, what's wrong? She said, where's Betsy? Because Betsy was a wig. Where's Betsy? You going to put Betsy on, right? That's family. That's my mama. Do you get what I'm saying? If my mama is already, if TV's doing it and everybody and then your own family is like, girl, you're going to walk around with with all them little caterpillars on your head and little centipedes. And you're like, damn. And I remember I went to this wedding and I wore that goddamn wig on my head for 12 hours. And when I took my hair off, my hair wanted to cry. It was dry. And here it was. It was like, you know what? Just sticking up, right? Like, all oh, the color purple, right? Little pick nannies what they call picking nannies right? And my hair was just like, why would you do that to us? We couldn't breathe. We couldn't. And I said to my head, I went, there, there. I ain't going to do that to y'all no more. I'm going to grease y'all up. It is what it is. If they don't like it, they don't like it. Like, I had a conversation with my hair. And if we could have conversations with our hair, we would know how much. Our hair is an extension of us. These are antennas. This is how you know somebody lying to you. This is how you know <laughs> I'm telling you the truth. Y'all better Fibonacci sequence. All them curly, all our curly hair that we got. Y'all better learn to love your divine femininity. And that shit, that's part of your hair. Love that shit. A woman's hair is her beauty. That's what my grandmother say. She be like, don't wear no wig, no wig. You know. A woman's hair is her beauty. You rock it how you rock it. You lock it if you want to. But that's you. Don't let nobody define you. Fuck them. They don't pay your bills. They don't care if you sick. They don't care if you dying. You do you. All really right, love y'all.
1: oh, that was powerful, Cindy. That was so powerful, and I can relate to that on so many levels. Um. When I first locked my hair, my mom told me, "What are you doing with those worms in your head?" That's what I got. Um, but I will say concerning our hair, well, one of the first things I learned when I was a kid was that everybody's energy is not good energy and you just don't let everybody in your head. Like my mom was real particular about who she let do our hair. If it wasn't her, it was one of my sisters. And I'm the same way with my own daughters because again, everybody's energy just wasn't good energy. But um, I love the versatility of our hair. I will say that. I just love the versatility because we can basically do anything. If we could replicate their hair, we could definitely do anything. And the last thing I want to leave with was the best compliment I've ever heard is the fact that our hair defies gravity. And I'll just drop the mic there.
9: Amen. Amen it does and it mimics so much of what we see in the universe i've seen so many things like the trees even the clouds you know they're not we don't know if they're all man-made but anyway um yeah our hair mimics a lot of what we see in earth and it go it does go up it goes towards the sun and I definitely uh, agree with that energy thing because that's how we were brought up. It's it's like, and not everybody can just be in your head. And I don't like just anybody's energy in my head as well. So I agree with that. So now that we're speaking on how grateful we are about our hair and how much we love our hair empresses, we just want to take some time. One of our sister's, um suggested that we have a moment to just give five things that we're grateful for and so we can just go around and that way you know we can kind of give our thanks to whomever we choose or whatever we choose and end our show on a positive uplifting note so i'm gonna go ahead and start with empress angie
10: well when i when i thought about it because i saw the question um, I thought about it. I'm grateful for for breathing, being alive, for having a roof over my head, um, for my creativity, for being, um, can I say, a caring, giving person, and what else? Um, I'm just grateful for just being me, so... <laughs> thank you ladies
9: that's love and thank
7: you for being you we appreciate you empress maxine yes thank you first of all yes i'm grateful for waking up each and every day because i always think it's a blessing to be waking up um i i'm grateful for family because i'm very big on family and and i know that it's the bond that holds us together I'm grateful for friendships and new friendships because I get a chance to broaden my horizons. Fourthly, I am grateful for overcoming obstacles. Um, I've had some hurdles recently and I overcame them. I just passed the AHIP Medicare certification. I'm happy about that. So overcoming hurdles. And fifth, I'm just grateful for being able to be a blessing to other people. I love, 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 being a blessing to others. I don't ask for anything in return because the universe will always give it back to you. That's peace. Thank you for sharing. Empress Monica,
9: what are five things
7: you're grateful
9: for love?
18: She congratulates.
9: All right. Um,
1: I am grateful for the creator, or whatever name anyone chooses to use. Um, I'm grateful for my ancestors. I'm truly thankful for my family, uh, for meeting my tribe. And like Empress Angie said, uh, creativity, being able to tap in and, and express myself.
9: Thank you. And I'm grateful for you, Empress Monica. I'm grateful for being able to have met you. And I'm grateful for all of you for being able to meet you virtually. And hopefully we'll be able to meet I think one of the other empresses, it might've been one of you, forgive me if I forgot, uh, charge it to my brain. <laughs> um, but talk about, someone mentioned doing a retreat. Was that you, Empress Monica? I think you might've mentioned doing a retreat, a girl's retreat um, or a ladies' retreat at, at some point. So I, I'm looking forward to that. Um, so my five things that I'm grateful for is one would be for awakening, for my great awakening. Um, two would be my ancestors. Um, I, I thank them for always protecting me and, and guiding me. Um, three would be for my, my husband and family um, and their love, unconditional. Um, four, I'm grateful for good health and a, a strong immune system. Um, and five, I would say I'm grateful for the new friendships and tribe that I have have been bestowed upon or bestowed upon me. Um, I'm, I'm thankful for that beyond measure. So um, thank you all for I will say six would be for you guys. And I would say hope to be my tribe as well. But um, so pleased to have met every one of you in, in this space for Cindy, we're thankful for you. <laughs> well, you know what? I said, you know, I got to get in on
12: this, right? Because we're, we're giving, we're telling the universe. Thank you. And I am grateful for the universe and ancestors guiding me. And someone did point that out. and I, I believe it's Sister Monica. And grateful for love of friends and family and our children, right? So, you know, we're there to uplift and guide and be with them. I'm grateful for being able to think for myself because not too many people are able to do that. I'm grateful for you ladies, no matter your thoughts. And I'm always like, wow, okay, now I can look at it. I am grateful for you ladies and all the different hosts that come on on the wake up radio. And I'm grateful I'm a lady and in all my divine femininity, I got superpowers, baby. Let me tell you something. I could be a superhero or a fucking supervillain. Just be careful which side you want.
9: That's right. You better pick a side. <laughs> no straddling the fence, right? So with that, um, we want to thank our audience for joining us on, on the thewakeupradio.com. You can find this podcast, which will be uh re-aired on otwtube.com. Please join otwtube.com. Um at at OTW dot Dot .com tube.com. and then uh of course you can catch replays on SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, but please join otwtube.com uh for melanated people. Of course, we have others, but we would love for our melanated people to help to bring our own build up our own platforms. That's what this is for. And so with that I want to say good night and thank you again and thank you Cindy Ashby Shout out to our producer and we are out peace Empresses peace goddesses much love and have a blessed great
5: week How to sign up for OtWT Type in OtWT in your browser it will bring up the home page. Then you click the little man with the plus sign to open up an account. Use your best email, select a username, and then enter a good secure password. Now you're at the home page. Click the key to log in to your account using your password with your username. Now search in the search bar for OTW2, which is the page we're going to subscribe to. Click subscribe, click add as friend, as well as click where the videos are. Click on a video to view, like that video, as well as comment. And your exercise is done. Thank you for your support.
12: Look it up. Claude, individual.
3: Thanks for keeping the lights on, Diane.
12: Cindy, Ashby Ducks, Aspin, Ducks, Ducks,
3: On the Wake Up.